And now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens, presented by 10K Takes. We are joined today by a very special guest, Mark Weck. Mark, thanks for coming on the show. Um, really appreciate having you here. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Excited to be here. So, so before we get into our predictions and and Mark's background, I do want to go over our weekends here because, funny enough, Ols. Jack and Mason and I, we all decided to lace up the skates and. and we're has-beens. We tried to bring it back to the great old days, you know. How did it go out there on the weekend? Also, let's start off with you. You know, you had a pretty good team in the Pond Hockey Championship there in Lake Tacomas. How, how, how did it go? How did things shake out? Um, not well. Not well at all. <laughs> uh, you're right. We had a we had a pretty solid team. Um, unfortunately, we didn't show up. And we went 0 for 4 with a minus 40 goal differential in how, four games. I'm, I'm honestly just wondering how is that possible with the what what's the game like? You know, it's not you weren't playing real hockey out there. You you know you had a little little net with a board in front of it, no goalie trying to slip it on the ice in there. There there were no nets behind the. It was just a block of wood with two empty slots on the side and. It it wasn't hockey. You're you right, but there in. but there were seasoned vets out there ripping the puck full ice right right into the bunk. It was like, you know, we're trying to go, go down and you know three on one, two on one, try and make plays. These old guys are just rifling it at the at the board, and they're going in. It we're just like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, what's your excuse? You know, did you guys have a few too many I, drinks before? Were th- you tired? That's a good that's a good question. Um, I will say day one. We played uh, the first five minutes, um, four on three, because our guys didn't show up. They yep. bailed late. Classic. Mm. So uh, that wasn't a great start to the weekend. Um, however, I don't have an excuse for the rest of the weekend. Like I Oof. wish I could say we were drunk and yeah. having fun, but it wasn't even that. Like we were still being competitive, <laughs> and we got our asses kicked <laughs> all weekend. Oh, did you hit people? Um, you could, but it was like frowned upon. But I got so frustrated, I took a guy. The boards were this high. <laughs> you sent and, him over the boards. Oh, yeah, I sent sure. him right over the boards. I was so mad. Then a little whitewash on my way up. I was pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> oh, it's funny. It's funny in those, in those you know, same thing ha- happened with, with us. At our, you know, we're out in uh, Scandia playing a little different. We're at the ODR. It's an actual rink. It's got boards, glass, mm. and goalies. So we're actually shooting on goalies, a little more real. But I always laugh in those outdoor, in those outdoor games. You, you know, you always step onto the ice like laughing, like, "Oh, this is gonna be a good time." You know, I'm gonna, we're just out here to have fun, and then all of a sudden, you know, something just switches. You know, there's something happens, and then all of a sudden, you're just like, "You know what? I'm pissed off right now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do this, but now I'm going hard. You know, I'm I'm slashing. I might throw a cross check." Yeah. I'm sorry. It's not me. It's, it's my brain. You know, I can't help it. It's, it's hilarious, but yeah. So, so Jack and I went out to Scandia and we played in this tournament. 
um, with the 10K guys. Yep. And I don't think, you know, we definitely didn't go out there to win the tournament, which was nice. You know, there were some teams that went out there to win. You had low expectations. Oh, and you know? and, and we're watching this tournament throughout the day. I mean, how many times were there fights? I mean, there's there's gloves being dropped on the ice. I mean, these guys You're are... kidding. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> You were bummed oh, to run at that tournament. Yeah, huh? I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like my kind of game. There's gloves dropped. There's blood. You know, there's high sticks. People are getting pissed because it's actual kind of hockey. Yeah. You know, and you're not supposed to hit. And obviously, some guys are going through yeah. their body a little bit. And um, but no, it's nice because we didn't really go there to win, although we wanted to. Um, we we did win one game, which felt good. You That's know, nice. Jack Bossman didn't break a, a clipboard over his head that game with the other ones. He he brought so Bossman brought thirty two clipboards, so he could he figured he'd be breaking a lot of clipboards throughout the day because he was kind of the Herb Brooks. He was the coach. He doesn't yep. really skate much, so it was a good time. But we our last game they bring us out of the playoffs, so we play two games in the morning and then it goes to playoffs. It's winner go home. Our first game in the playoffs, we play the Forest Lake High School team. So that's just 17, 18 year old kids. <laughs> and we're all just like, these, these motherfuckers. Yeah. You know what? We're all out here huffing and puffing, and they're just buzzing around, shoulder pads, breezers, matching uniforms. And it's like, you know, you don't want to be mad because they're high school kids, but it's like, at some point, these kids are embarrassing me, <laughs> and I'm much older than them. I I gotta I gotta put some effort forth here yeah. and get some, or I gotta drop the mitts and set the tone. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't gonna drop the mitts with one of those yeah. kids. I think I would have had all of their parents and their student. I think they had a student section like, cheering on. You know? like, band was yeah. there. I felt like I went back to high school. Yeah, it was great playing high school yeah. high school hockey tournaments. But uh, no, oh, that's great. No, yeah, Jack and I had a great time. It was it was an unbelievable time getting back out there. It wasn't great the next day on Sunday when my hips wouldn't move you know the hip flexors the outside hips it's crazy how bad skating is for your hips you don't realize it until you stop playing and then you start again and i couldn't even like lift my leg a foot off the ground without my hip flexor cramping up and it's... you've you've been in the hockey world for a long time long time do you have any hip problems knee problems anything <laughs> yeah. like that i might have a couple yeah, yeah i just got yeah. a brand new one there you go there you go, there you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's enough for their weekends. Let's get into our predictions here. I'm going to try to dial it in. I know my record's bad. but it's Not uh, a great start. but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick with my brain, not my heart this time. So okay. I'm going to catch up on you guys. And have we gotten anywhere on what our consequence is going to be for? Uh, not yet. Do you have place? any input, yeah, Mark, Wicker? Do you have any so whoever finishes last yeah. place in these records, yeah. we want them to do have a consequence. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to figure out, you know, what, you know, do we do we send the last place guy to uh, an artist to get, you know, they have to lay there naked and have the artist <laughs> paint their naked body on a canvas. Okay. I mean, it'd be pretty good to have, you know, it'd be pretty good to have Olsa's naked body well. planted up there painted from an artist we'd get more viewers i know that for a fact yeah but um, that's just something like any ideas there i mean not to put you on the spot no so th this will end uh with the college hockey season so mid-april yeah 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 um 
you know, just just because I'm an old northern Minnesota guy, um, you know, I think the uh, what's it called, the ice house. The oh yeah, yeah, a little jump off the ice house yeah. into uh, Lake Superior. Oh yeah, wow. There's just a thought. I mean, there's no picture of you hanging up there. No, yeah, but, it's, the, that's a better uh, idea. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking for for viewership, but yeah, yeah. that's yeah, um, it, that's just one that comes to mind. You know, little little uh, Lake Superior plunge up there to wake you up. I like it, but I uh, like it. We'll take yeah. that into yeah, uh, that's consideration. Good, consideration. I, I like yeah. that one. Yeah. That's that's more of a PG version, but <laughs> I like that. That's, I like it. That would suck. Yeah, it'd be terrible. Yeah, it would. I don't want to be doing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've done it in February. That's not good either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've, I've went in Superior in like June, and it's still not. <laughs> yeah, great. yeah. It's still like this is terrible. <laughs> yeah, you can do the polar plunge up there. Twelve months a year. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so our first our first series, Wisconsin. At Ohio State. I'll start us off. What do you got? Oh, boy. <clears throat> I'm going to go Ohio State sweep at home. Okay. No explanation. Okay. I'm just, that's what I'm feeling. That's yeah. what I'm picking. Yeah. Booker? Well, the, you know, you, you got to think Ohio State's going to want to do something with Harbaugh coming back. They're probably not pumped about that. They got to <laughs> win some hockey games because they might not win some football games coming up here. So Yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. It might ruffle some feathers, but <laughs> all right, Wicker, what are well, you going with? It's a tough, you know, it's tough for me to uh, not just with my uh, experience not to pick the split, but uh, I'm going to agree with you. It's at Ohio State. I'm going Ohio State with the sweep. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Cager. Well, I am going to pick the split. I do like Ohio State over Wisconsin, but I do have a little connection with the Wisconsin head coach there, Tony Granado. His brother was my coach at NTDP, and it happened to be the NHL had a lockout when he was coaching at Pittsburgh. So we are fortunate enough to have Tony come kind of co-coach us with with Don there, and and I love those Granado brothers. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pick us. You'll give him one. Uh, I'm gonna give him one. Okay. I'm gonna give him one there. I'm gonna go split. I think I'm gonna go split too. I think Wisconsin's gonna grab one at Ohio. Wow. All right, okay. here we go. I like All right, this. two sweeps, yeah. two splits. Oh, okay. Man, I'm, in, I'm in trouble because uh, you t- you. One, one of the guys on the uh, Wisconsin staff's kid plays for us at Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, no. Let's All just, right. Can we, can we block <laughs> certain <laughs> listeners from... <laughs> Hack into his Spotify, <laughs> make sure he can't... But I'm also friends with some of the Ohio State guys. You know, Ohio State's playing really well. So yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark's probably friends with a lot. I I know some ties everywhere. Guys, a bet. Okay, so let's get into the uh, the grinder series of the weekend here. Northern Michigan versus Bemidji State at Bemidji State. Hell of a rink there. All stars off again. Oh, I feel like I have to go with perp. For one game with Northern Mish. Bemidji's getting one for sure. I want to say Bemidji sweep, but I'm going to go split at Bemidji. Yeah. Um, it's just going to be a grind fest. It's going to be a 3-1-3-2-2-1 type of weekend. So I'm going to go split. Uh, you know what? Just because I'm from Duluth, like I'm not following him. I can go first next time. Yeah. But, uh, um, love the way Ernie's teams play up there. Uh, they're tough at home, but Northern's got a little bit of firepower. Hank Crone up there is leading one of the leading scorers yeah. in the country, and um, I'm going to go with the split also. Yeah, I mean, I 
I'm also going to go with a split here just because, you know, Northern, they sweep Duluth at home. I mean, they've got something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to also with Olsen, I wanted to go with Bemidji sweep just I, because I, those beavers are so tough to play in that Sanford center. It's, it's, it's nuts, but I'm going to go split. We, we should have had a, we should have had an argument, you know, how many times will the puck be chipped off the glass in this series? And it's got to be north of 500. Oh. Ch- chips and bodies combined. Chips, you know, pucks deep, bodies, block shots. I yeah. Mean, it's, you want to find some you want to find some bumps and bruises on players? <laughs> yeah. Go go look at the bodies of these Northern Michigan and Bemidji State players after this series. Yeah. You'll find some bumps and bruises. <laughs> yeah, so who will the goalie have more saves than there are block shots? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I think there will be more block shots than saves. Than saves. <laughs> I think that's there will bad, be. I mean, that's I think realistic. Yeah, it is. It you absolutely know? is. Uh Mace uh, I almost wanted to take Northern Michigan because they've kind of been hot recently and, you know, coming off that sweep at Duluth, but I got to go split as well. Wow, four for four the split. split. We might as well just erase that game. Yep. Uh, well, Cancel it we could, we could all – nice. <laughs> Still? What are those sitting in the back of your truck? <laughs> like the back of your truck? What is that? Is there ice in there? Can we get a, <laughs> can we get a napkin? <laughs> Good lord. We can continue on with this. Okay. We're we all continue. we're all used to adversity. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Battle through. Um okay. Uh series 3. Uh who did we decide Providence on? Providence at Yukon. No, 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 we skipped that. Oh, we okay. went to Omaha at North Dakota. Oh. With the Sandersonless um Fighting Hawks. You, you know go what? first this time, yeah. Wicker. Yeah. I am uh Boy, that was a big weekend last weekend, a big bounce back for uh, North Dakota against uh, St. Cloud. I would actually had to actually pick the split there. Yeah. Um, but uh, Omaha is kind of uh, – Omaha, you know, we're getting down to the end of the season. Omaha is kind of on that bubble. You know, they need they need a big win. I something. agree with that. So I'm going to go with a split here also. That's a very educated guess. Um. My heart says, you know what my heart says, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go North Dakota win and a tie. Okay. I like that. That's bold. Yeah. Bold. I'm going bold. I, I, I mean, I'm at 500 right now. I might as well take a shot, you know? So let's, let's make some, if they do I got to get two points or something for that. If they do go into a shootout or anything, you win. So if they tie, actually, you know what? If they if they're tied after regulation, doesn't matter if they win the overtime, the three on three, or the shootout, you get that call. Okay, fair. So if it ends regulation in a tie, you get that. Okay, deal. I like that deal. Yeah, I'm gonna go um, to no surprise to anyone. <laughs> A sweep. <laughs> Weird. Oh, now, listen, now listen to this, why I think this is. Because you're a two-time captain and you <laughs> and you bleed so green. Well, <laughs> well here's what I think is going to happen. You know, Omaha, if they drop Friday. Now, typically in this, earlier in the season, you drop Friday, you're motivated to get that Saturday win. Well, if Omaha loses Friday, 
Friday, then their chances at the tournament and the season even go lower. Well, that's not the case for North Dakota. Saturday, if they win Friday and they go into Saturday, they're still backs against the wall because of those losses. Yeah, and I just know from playing, you know, when whenever you're you're missing your best player for whatever reason, guys just tend to step up. Yep. I Other agree. guys feel the need to step up. They get extra adrenaline. They're like, you know what? I need to do something extra here. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to give more effort here because we don't have yeah. – yeah. So guys will step up, <laughs> and I think they have that in the North Dakota locker room, and I think yep. they'll come out again with the, with the sweep. So I don't know if this is illegal, but I'm going to actually go back on the Northern Michigan Bemidji series, and I'm taking Northern Michigan sweep. <laughs> I like wow. it. That's a, I mean, it's allowed. I'm, I'm for yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, on this one, I like Gage's reasoning, and I don't know. The boys are coming off that sweep this weekend, so I'm going no deck sweep as well. All right. Fair enough. I love sorry. it. Sorry, Waltz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. He has been. He's yeah. Done. He is. He's, he's done. Yeah. He's yeah. done. No ties. Um, last one, probably the biggest um series of the weekend, Saint Cloud. Who's five in the pairwise at Denver? Who's three? Gager. Gosh, I, this one's tough because we all know you go into Denver. It is so hard to play if you're not Colorado College because you're huffing and puffing that whole game. Um, but I just I've watched Saint Cloud. I know what kind of team they are. They're not going to get beat four straight, so I have to go. I have to go split here. Okay, I like that. Wicker, I also uh, Denver's playing really well, but uh, yeah, coming off that uh, that weekend last weekend, I think St. Cloud's going to have a little uh, little pent up frustration, and Henrik will you know have a good night, and I'm going to go with a split also. Okay, fair enough, Mace. You know. I think Denver's taking both of them. St. Cloud's been playing good, but I think the elevation's going to get to them. It's not. It sounds bold, but it's really not bold because I I don't know. I haven't really looked at Denver's record in the past couple months because I'm scared to look at it. But I think it's it's nothing short of spectacular for Denver's been playing very very well. Yeah, and for that reason, I'm taking them uh, for a sweep um, with Mace. It makes sense. Brett Larson. Yeah. Off to Beijing and Perbix and Hent- Henches. Henches, yeah. To, so that's uh, it's a tough weekend. I'm going but again. Yeah, I like that. You know, St. Cloud's got their back against I know, the wall. The I know. Are, you know. Yeah, but I, I'm sticking with it. I'm going Denver sweep at home in the mountains. If uh, if those guys weren't at the Olympics, I would have gone St. Cloud sweep at Denver. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think St. Cloud's a very good hockey team. They're pretty good they're very good they're skilled they yeah i'll stick with my split all right all right that sounds good uh we'll take note of those and keep watch over the weekend and then uh we'll continue this little barrage we got going i'm excited yep yeah so now i mean we've gotten through the slate let's get straight into mark's mark's resume here i mean we're you know olsen i are grace with the presence of a guy who, you know, I don't want to say he has. I want to say he possesses this love for the game of hockey that 
not a lot of others have, you know, and he's blessed with this, this love for hockey. I don't know when it started. Um, if it's ever wavered or not, we'll, we'll ask you that question, but Mark's been in the game of hockey for so long and let's get it. Let's go over his, his past and how he got to where he was. So he's from Hermantown, grows up in Hermantown, um, goes to college at Gustavus and then transfers back to the Duluth region at uh, Scholastica. What Mark, what was your reasoning there? So you go two years at Gustavus and then you end up coming back to Scholastica. What, what prompted that? What was your reasoning there? Uh, kind of like uh, some of your other guests who maybe haven't had a ton of offers and stuff like that. You know, yeah. I, I wasn't really playing down there and a uh, li- little bit of the academic side. Um, um, they didn't quite have the program that I was interested in. Yeah. And um, I, actually a buddy of mine from the Duluth area, we were both down there together. We both transferred back to, uh, to Scholastica and played. I knew the the coach at the time there was uh, Andy Surge's dad. Okay. And and I knew Steve, and he had talked to me and all that type of stuff. And, uh, and the other big draw was um, they wore Cooperalls. But then by the time I I got up there, Steve was gone and they went away from the Cooperalls. Dang, but it still worked out. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so then I I transferred up there for a little bit of both. A little bit of the hockey wasn't um, where I wanted it to be, plus the. uh, It was academics as well. So, so you were kind of fortunate enough when you went into college, and I think this relates to a lot of people going into college, uh, myself and I'm sure so many others, you really you really don't know what you want to do after school's over. You know, people ask, you know, what kind of degree do you want? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. But there, some people are fortunate enough to know what kind of degree they want, what schooling they want. So did you happen to know when you were going to college? Well, um, I, and, and this ties in other things. I went into something that I thought I should go into. Yeah. See, yeah. so my, I, I was down there as a computer science major. Yeah. And they ended up transferring to Scholastica for computer information systems. But it was still in that computer field, more of a business orientation. Um, what I would have loved to have done was been a teacher, yeah. coach. But that was, those are just, you know, what what kind of teacher would you be? A PA teacher, right? Yeah, at the time, yeah. Teacher. So yeah. those are the dumb jocks. They all go into PE. I didn't want yeah. to be labeled like that. So, you know, that's the field my dad was in. So I'm going to go in this field. And and actually, so I got my degree in computer science and I was a computer programmer at Maurice's company out of Duluth for three years cool. and sat in a cubicle all by myself. Yeah. No yeah. computer programs. And I thought, this sucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and it was great because my wife, you know, I met her at Scholastica, right? She thought like she was getting Bill Gates. Yeah. So <laughs> after we got married, the old bait and switch. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to coach and not make any money. Yeah. So it uh, worked out well for me. Uh, yeah. Maybe not so much for her. But, you know, so it, it was kind of that piece too, that that's what I thought I wanted to do. And again, back then, you know, that was the big field. It was blown up. It, you know, it's going to be a great career, make money and and not be labeled as that dumb jock. Guy. Which you you probably would made great would have made great money doing that. I oh, mean, absolutely, I, yeah. And my wife reminds me of that quite often. But yeah, again, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But again, I mean, you you got a smile on your face hanging out with us. You probably, I don't think you you know, at some point, it's not about the money you make. It's about well, you, you guys brought it up in um, was it uh, Clint's? Um, you know, when you guys talked about what do you want to do? Yeah, you yeah. do something you love. 
Yeah. You know, and, and, and I tell people that all the time. Like, you know, I've had players. What do you want to do? I want to go to this. Why? Well, they make a lot of money. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you're spending all your day doing something you don't like, yeah. it's not worth it. You yeah. know, you got to do something you love. Yeah. And, um, and, and that's when I decided, and I'm very lucky. My wife was very supportive and stuff, but you know, so I joke, you know, I haven't yeah. had to work in the last 35 years. Yeah. Cause I coach. Yeah. yeah. So let's backtrack a little bit back to your playing. So you, you, you end up playing for Scholastica, your leading scorer there senior year. I mean, no, I was third. I, really? I was going to create, yeah. Scott Kerwin and Eric Oakman were both, okay. uh, all Americans. And, uh, but you had I was to, third. I was, yeah, yeah. And again, back then, understand, I'm not just, you know, yeah. it, it was a lot different yeah. hockey because our league was we played four times against Bemidji State, St. Yep. Cloud State, Mankato State. That yeah. was our conference and us. And then, you know, River Falls, Superior, Stevens Point and stuff, you know. So, um, there, there were a lot of good teams back then because it was even smaller than it is now, yeah. you know, with the number of teams I, and all that. So stuff. were you, did you end up having more fun playing the game of hockey at Scholastica then, or was it still fun at Gustavus? You just kind of. No, it was, it was still fun. I yeah. mean, I, I, I've always enjoyed it. You know, yeah. I, I've always enjoyed playing and it was just a better opportunity and, um, you know, just to seem like a better fit. For sure. So, yep. so then after you get done playing, you go to Bowling Green and get your master's there in, uh, master's of education. Yep. How did you decide to go to Bowling Green? How What was that experience like? So, like I said, I got out. I was a computer programmer, and I decided I don't want to do this. I want to coach. I want yeah. to coach or be an athletic director or something like that. Yeah. So this is the best route. I, you know, I searched around to see where I could get, like, a graduate assistantship. You know, Bowling Green had yep. a program, you know. So who cared who had that program plus a hockey program? Yeah. So I went to Bowling Green. I was there for a year. So I was a graduate assistant down there. And uh, and then after that, came back to, to Minnesota, started a coaching career. Yeah, interesting. So. I mean, after after that, you get into – I have here, I looked you up on Elite Prospects just to look up your coaching. So you start in 1986, you start coaching, assistant coach at uh, Scholastica, yep. two years. You go two years there, then you go to Augsburg for eight years, and then after those eight years, you go to UW-Wisconsin. Superior. Wisconsin Superior, yep. four years. You, you actually happened to go to a couple, three Frozen Fours there in your four years or whatever. Yep. And then that's when you, you got the head coaching gig at uh, Scholastica for 14 years or whatever. So, all right, all yeah. right, all right. I mean, it's just <laughs> a lot of years yeah. out there, aren't there? Yes, Whew. it is. Getting a lot of older and older. My back's starting to get sore. So he's got this. some experience. Yeah, I love so, it. Now I'm back at Augsburg. So what's what's prompting these these coaching changes? So you spend two years at Augsburg or at Scholastica, then you go to Augsburg for eight years. What you know? What what makes those decisions? Is it is it money driven? Um, opportunity? It, it was basically opportunity. So um, when I went to Augsburg the first time, it's because I had just finished graduate school, yep. and I actually went there and just kind of got in the door with Ed Sagasted, who the rink's named after. And then the next year, he decided to take a year off. So I was actually the head coach there yeah. my second year. Um, stayed there till 95. And uh, at that point, we had uh, two kids. And I'm from Duluth. My wife was from the western part of the state. And and we knew we wanted to raise the kids around family. So, you know, Duluth was the, the option that we went with. She got a job up there because she had just finished her graduate school. Um, so then when I was up there, then Steve Nelson from Superior, I was able to help him. And then I was off for a little while because, as Olson knows, I owned a gym yep. up there. I started a gym. And then 
when uh, the Sklaska job opened up once before, then it just wasn't good timing. And yeah. then the second time it opened up in 04, I just thought, you know, if I want to get back into this full time, now's the time, yeah. you know? And then, and then when I came down to the cities in 18, um, you know, Chris Brown had asked me at Augsburg if I want to get back into it. So it allowed me to keep in the game, although it's just more of a hobby because now I do the other stuff. I do a lot of speaking and for sure and those types of things. So, you know, it was just the opportunities out there. And, yeah. you know, so the first one in 95 was family, yep. you know, and then after that, it's, you know, just what was available. For sure. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, your, your coaching resume is just incredible how you can, you know, keep with the game of hockey that long. I know I kind of got burnt out with it at the end playing and, yeah, and I guess you get some coaching opportunities after where you, you can coach camps or coach teams and you're like, gosh, like I don't. I, f- I just feel burnt out a little bit. I don't, I don't know if I want to deal with hockey now. I mean, well, while you were playing, um, at what point was it like that it clicked in your mind that you wanted to coach? And at what level did you want to coach? Were you like, I want, I would coach squirts if need be. I would coach peewees. You know, would I coach? You know, I wouldn't coach anything less yeah, than I mean, Division Three because it's pretty much only coaching high level hockey. Yeah. So. Well, my first one was, uh, um, Lester Park. Yeah. Mites. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a valuable lesson there. Yeah. With, with mites, you got to be literal. Like, don't say, Hey, we're going to play pom pom, throw your, throw your sticks over by the boards. Yeah. Then you got eight, six flying by your head. Yeah. Um, but you know, being at Scholastica and being in Duluth, yeah. you know, again, being able to help out there, that was it. And that was, that's kind of when I realized that this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I was doing the computer programming, but I looked more forward to going to the rink. I had a passion for the game. And that's where I said, Hey, I want to go to grad school and, and this is what I want to be I want to be in college athletics. Yeah. I didn't know if at some point I would go over into the administrative role and, and maybe be an athletic director yeah. or something. Um, you know, and you know, and then as I got into it and I went around, you know, um, you know, then I kinda just, you know, didn't want to do high school. Because of yeah. parents, yeah. you know, um, didn't want to do the juniors just because of all the travel and yeah. um, the the length tough, of those seasons tough. and stuff. And and I just really like the feel of, you know, college campuses, yeah. you know, yeah. in that age group. You so, can't blame me for the high school students and the parents. That's why I asked Perp about that on our oh, second episode there. I'm like, and I've I've talked I've talked to my dad. I'm like, hey, can we get you on just to tell some crazy hockey parent stories? Because it's just it's nuts. The parents in high school, but, but it's and, but it's crazy. There's like two volumes of parents, right? It's the people that just get the kids to the tournaments and then they go out to the bars and hang out and have fun. It's like a vacation for them too. Yeah. But then the parents that are just hardos in the stands, like running their kids through dynamic warm-ups and stuff. Like, they're, dude, this kid's they're 10. In the, they're in the stands oh. for every practice. Yeah. Just eyeballing their <laughs> With video kid. cameras. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I remember because obviously I was in the same neighborhood as yep. Wolves. And uh, um, I always told, so I, I coached my kids also up through peewees. Yep. Because that's all you could coach. And ban- maybe Bantams for one time. But... Um, I always told me because they'd have all these big tryouts, right, and all that. I said, you know what? Just let me pick the parents. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't care about the kids. Yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. If, if, if I get the right parents, yeah, that that makes a world of difference. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know. And I remember at Congden is an elementary school that goes to fifth grade. I remember for tryouts because I used to volunteer a lot at school too with my kids. Like when it came to tryout week for squirts, like parents would pull their kids out of school early. 
to go get him a pre-practice meal, to get him ready for <laughs> that. And it's like, and again, now is what we'll get into the mental health stuff I'm doing. Yeah. Like, like what messages does he send to these kids? You know, yeah. when, you're, yeah. when you're doing all this stuff to your kids, it's like, this is pretty important. Well, what if it's not to them? Yeah. And, and stuff. And um, they're doing it. The parents are doing it for themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. It's I, I all mean, for themselves, you know. And, I, and those are the ones that cause the problems and the yeah. issues. Yeah. You know, and it's just, and, and you know, I, I loved your story or I loved your thing about, hey, we'd like to have parents on here. I, I've always said, I'd like to chart these kids and then I'd like to go back to some parents and say, was it worth it? Yeah. yeah. Because you alienated other parents. Yeah. Because. You know, that um, your kids didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Your kids have issues now because of all the expectations yeah. you put on them. And it's over. Exactly. Like, enjoy the game. Well, like, th- why couldn't you just go and watch and have fun? Exactly. I, I, I remember when your generation was younger, when you guys were growing up, you played three, four sports. Oh, everyone. Every, Mandatory. You, you, at least. You play because you enjoyed it and you were allowed to do that. Now it's a year long commitment. Whether it's basketball, yeah. football, hockey, Soccer. it's year-long. Yep. It's year-long. There's no even really an option to do that. And, and, and I think that plays a huge part Boldy, as well. Boldy kind of said that the, the new guy in the wild, yep. Matt Boldy, he 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 actually said something really cool. He's like, you know what, I give it all to my parents because they didn't make hockey everything. You know, like when I was doing something else, I was, I was doing that. Yep. And and once hockey once hockey season ended, I didn't touch my I didn't open my bag until tryouts next year, you know. And the, and I think that's why I made it and I that's a big part and I know that's how like Jake Bischoff for me when I was growing up, yep. Jake Bischoff goes and plays for the Gophers, plays in NHL or whatever. Great career. He would never play in the summers. And I know all these all these coaches are just begging him like what yep. What is Bischoff doing? I mean, he's, he doesn't want to play in the summer. He doesn't want to play spring hockey. I mean, he wants to play baseball. I mean, what is that? Does he not care about hockey? And it's like, no, he just he's just being a kid. You know, it's not all yeah. about hockey. But but I will say to the defense and the parents a little bit, those weren't options back in the day either, the year long. Not no. as much as they are now. Oh, we, with, we, we didn't have ice in the summertime. Yeah, we exactly. We didn't have you know, the, the year on sports and stuff. Yep. And, you know, and I think that all that's changing. And I think that, I think we had back in my day, I think we had better athletes. Yeah. Now we have better hockey players, but like, it, it's amazing to me sometimes, like when we take the, the team out and we're going to have a softball game or basketball, like they can't do it. Yeah. Like no. they, they, they go out of their sport they can't do it. Yeah. And and that's what we did. Like our, our hockey team back then, like we'd play the basketball team and pick up gym. We'd, yeah. you know, we'd all play wiffle ball and baseball and football and, you know, but, but we had to. Yeah. Because A, we're a small school. We didn't have enough people, but that's what you did. You know, summers weren't for hockey. I just think it's better that way. You know, I, I grew up playing all the sports because my dad was a football and basketball player. He has yep. no idea what hockey is. He just <laughs> kind of gets forced into it because we're living in East Grand Forks yep. and everyone's doing it there. And he buys me skates and some some pads. And then I, I tell him, you know what, Dad? I actually like skating a lot and I yep. like this game. So, And he's probably rolling his eyes like, geez, I got to buy this kid another, you know, some more skates and sticks or whatever. But um, – yeah, I mean, I grew up playing baseball, football, track, and I played all. I, I did all of them throughout 
my sophomore year of high school is which was when I left. And um, that was the toughest part about me leaving was right. leaving football behind because I was really good at football. And, I, and not to brag, but in hockey, I was not a flashy, you know, I'm not a flashy player. I don't, I don't get those, you know, those celebrations and I don't get that. But in football, I played quarterback and I, I yeah. ended up, you know, I was good running. I was good at running. I could throw the ball. So I got a lot of touchdowns. I got a lot of times to celebrate and yep. feel like the man, you know, yep. and like <laughs> when I choose hockey, it's like, well, I'm not going to feel like the man ever again because I don't score <laughs> yeah. goals. I don't, I don't do anything out here, but yep. whatever, you know, it, it, it got me some schooling yeah. and obviously memories and I loved it, but, um, yeah, I I always tell I always tell kids, you know, just just play all the sports. You yeah. know, you're gonna burn yourself out on hockey so quick. And and if they do play the sports, parents enjoy the sports. Yes, enjoy watching them play. Yeah, just you know what, because those times come to an end really quick. Yeah, you know, yeah. and um, you know, there, there's too many pressures and expectations put on the kids that that should be their outlet. That's fair. So keep keep an eye on. Perps, because yeah. he's already talking about his gifted, yeah. gifted <laughs> yeah. five month old. So in 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 ten twelve years, when you ask Perp, like how old's your uh, youngest brother? He's uh, seventeen now. Good answer. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, when you usually ask a high, like in in twelve years, when you ask Perp how old his kids are, what's he gonna say? He's twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In hockey, is the only sport. Like, what's your age? Well, he's an old four. Yes. What the hell does that mean? Like, now I got to do the math? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we went to 22. Is, yeah. like, that is a thing like, in hockey. It it's like, how old's your kid? Well, he was, he's a 95. Yeah. Right? yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. Exactly. Because, because they're for some reason, they're compared. The, each year is compared. It's I hated that part. You know? Cause, but, and again, what message are you sending yeah. to the kid? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm yeah. 16. That's well, a, no, you're a, you know, but hockey's the only sport that does that. That's, you, know, you ask hockey parents, and you can always tell a, a hockey parent I get nervous about is hold yeah. your kid or oh, three. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great point. I never yeah, really noticed funny. that. That's funny. I never noticed that at all. Um, before we totally transition over, let's just hit the the last few stat lines here. Um, you know, you're the first winning season in 20 years at Saint Scholastica, winning as coach in Scholastica history. Um, did your coaching differ from year to year, or were you true to yourself the whole time? Did you um, maybe not treat players differently, but understand how players reacted to some of your um, constructive criticism? Do you, do you know what I'm asking there? Uh, yeah, you know, no, that, and that, that's a great question. Was I a consistent coach? Um, yeah, I was consistently inconsistent. Okay. Um, I, was, um, I was always a different coach in September, October than I was in – Mid January, February, yeah, and not in a positive way, and that and that was you know one of my downfalls, and that was you know the reason I was let go, um, fired. Um, <laughs> wow, but, but I I think that um, you know I wish, and again, hey, you know I've got this experience, and I'm very fortunate now to work with the young staff at Augsburg and kind of do more advising and mentoring, and I can't really tell coaches what to do, but I get down a whole ton of things not to do. And, yeah. and I think that, you know, I've learned over time because, again, you know, you've talked about it on this. My generation, like, how did we get coached? That's how we coach. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would want to follow certain coaches, you know, Jerry York, you know, yeah. Mr. Calm, never sworn, you know, super successful. Tony Dungy, Mr. Positive, John Wooden, all this. And those were all the books I had. Yeah. And then come, um, you know, January, February, I'm Mike Keenan. 
Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, a lunatic. So as it went on, you know, um, yeah, you know, things kept getting worse and worse every year because it was my, you know, so my you, health that kind of went down the tube. Yeah. So at what point did you realize you were a different coach early on in the year versus in January, February? Because you obviously realize it now. Yeah. Did you realize that when you were coaching that you were doing things a little differently and your mindset was different because, you know, crunch time came and no, there's no. more pressure? And, and that, and you that didn't realize problem. it at the time. Yeah. That, so, that was a problem. I so when do you come across that. that realization when you look back on it and you're like, you're thinking about your, you know, how you did things? Well, and, when, I, when I'm sitting in the office on, on January 31st because I had just gone after the other coach on the ice and, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm in the office and kind of a paralyzed position just wondering what the hell like yeah. what like i i can't i can't go on like this you know for and, sure and it was interesting when you talked to, to ryan you know and, and he talked about you know hey good for him because he didn't have to get the help like he wasn't forced to yeah he decided to yeah i wish i would have decided to because i was at the point where you know everybody talks about their rock bottom yeah like i'd hit that rock bottom I mean, yeah. I'm a lucky one because I'm still here, so I, I could have gotten a little farther. But really, I didn't have a choice at that point in time. And then when I can look back, it's like, shit, I wish I could do it all over again because I yeah. do it a lot different. For sure. You know, and, um, you know, be able to relate better and, and do that stuff. But I got caught up in that because that's, you know, that was part of my issue. And that's kind of the society we are, man. Yeah. You know, you got to win. Yeah. You, you got to prove yourself yeah. every day. Yeah. And, you know... In in Jan in in September October, like before, like every kid would come over and mow my lawn if I asked them. Yeah, yeah. By the time you get to January, I mean, yeah. So, but hey, can you come over and shovel? And guess what they give you? Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. because yeah, yeah. Put me in a power player, do this, and then now the games. You yeah, know, are, where yeah. are we going to be in the playoffs? Are we going to have home ice? You know, where do we in the national polls? And and I just let that get to me. And yeah. it's not the coach I wanted to be. Yeah, but. As the season went on, it just kind of swallowed me up. I'm I'm glad you brought up Waltzy because we obviously talked about his sobriety um, last episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what we're transitioning into now. Um, obviously, you have MarkWickSpeaking.com. What, what do you do now and what kind of brought you to that point? Okay. Um, first off, I would say for anybody that hasn't listened to the Ryan Walters one, yeah. that podcast, listen to that. Um, you know, in its entirety, but especially the last 25 yes. minutes when Ryan shared, cause it was, I listened to it and it was super powerful. Yeah. So, you know, in, in my situation in, uh, in 2015, January 2nd, uh, we were playing in a tournament out, um, upstate New York, lost a game in overtime. I found myself in a parking lot after the game, having a panic attack. You know, I couldn't breathe. I was crying. I had all these thoughts racing through my head and, um, you know, I had to pull it back together because, you know, I had to get back inside and sent the team off. Ben Gordon was yep. one of my assistants at the time, and he took the team to eat. And Sean, the other assistant, and um, he's Grand Forks guy, Sean Bartlett. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, and I said, I'll get back to the hotel myself, and I walked back that night. It was three hours upstate New York. It's kind of like northern Minnesota in yeah. January, so it wasn't real nice. And our hotel was right on the other side of the Oswego River, and I stood on the bridge that night, and... Uh, you know, in my mind, the best thing for my team, my wife, my kids was if I jumped. Like the burden of me yeah. would be gone. Everybody would be better off without me. Um, obviously, I didn't jump. Not because I said, oh, man, that's a dumb idea. Yeah. It was like, 
now my wife's got to get my body back to Duluth. Like what a hassle that is. Guys don't know where we're standing in New York. I got the credit. All these things that, you know, some people wouldn't say is rational, but to me, they made sense. Yeah. Had we been closer to Duluth that night, I don't know what would have happened. You know, so we get back. January's terrible. Um, January 31st, after a game, I find myself going after another coach on the ice because of an incident and got back to the locker room and it was basically non-functional. You know, and, and thankfully Jackie McMillan, our women's coach, was in the locker room with us in the office with the other coaches, radio people. And, you know, she left and called my wife and my wife got over there and, um, and said, that's it. You know, we're going to deal with this. Yeah. And, uh, so I went in and got help. And then, um, you know, I was away from the team the rest of that year. When I came back the next year, I knew I was going to come back and, you know, you go through stuff like that, and Walt's probably went through it. There's all these rumors, you know, like, yeah. yeah, you know, hey, you know, you were in treatment, you know, you got a drug problem, your, your wife left you. Like, none of that was true, but I wanted something positive to come out. So um, a guy in the Duluth paper asked to do an article. So they, they wrote an article just about my journey, my struggles. And uh, after that, a lot of people made comments about it. You know, about, hey, that was my husband, that's my, my child, that's, you know, a friend of mine. And, you know, doctors would say, hey, guys came in because they, you know, they, they, they saw this article. And, and then they got asked to speak, you know, every now and then. And I would go out and talk. And uh, the number of people that are struggling, the number of people that are facing challenges, like, I never knew. It's like, wow. Yeah. You know, and, um, and then, you know, so then I transferred in more to college student, college athletes, but obviously... You know, I, I can call a college football coach or basketball coach, and they don't know who that was, Mark Wick. Yeah. But the hockey coaches, I had a connection, yeah. you know, so, and they knew me. So they would bring me in and junior coaches and high school coaches and all that. And the stories I would hear from kids after were heartbreaking. Yeah. The, the stuff that they're going through, the stuff that they've, that they've been dealt. And, um, you know, so that's how I kind of transitioned into this. And, you know, yes, I coach at Augsburg. It's great. But they know if I got a speaking opportunity, if I have a group I can go meet with, um, that that's going to take priority. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have a whole list of athletes that reach out to me that I still stay in touch with just to talk to. And I'm not a professional. I don't fix it for them. Yeah. But just let them know that what you're going through, you're not the only one. A lot of people. Oh. A lot of people. More than you know. Yes. Like you can't even imagine. And that's why we were so excited to have you on. Your your story is very powerful. Um, I've happened to know you for a very, very long time. I think you're one of the best humans ever. Um, you know, we've been through a lot, but you were one of the people I reached out to when I was struggling. And, you know, whether it's anxiety, depression, um, there's just people that go through shit and you just don't know. Well, and, and, and I'll, I'll kind of put you on the spot. Um, how did that feel reaching out to me? Um, I was scared shitless. Yep. I thanks, didn't know. Thanks, thanks for being honest. I didn't know what the hell I was going to say. I didn't know. Absolutely. Um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what to do. Like I mm -hmm. just got to a point, you know, growing up, I just thought it was normal to kind of have some of these anxious thoughts and things like that. And, but with me being the bubbly, funny guy, Yep. You could never have a bad day because if you had a bad you day. You can't show that. No, you can't have a bad day because you're the glue guy and you're the happy guy and you come to the locker room and then 
you know, you're having a tough day and everybody's like, oh, what's wrong with Oles? Oles if, something, if something's wrong with Oles and he's not happy, then how are we supposed to be happy? Because he's always happy. And So how are we supposed to – how am I supposed to have a good day when Oles is down? And the, and the whole time in my mind, it's like – It's a lot of weight to carry on your shoulders. I've got to suck it up. Like I've got – this is my job. This is what I do. And that carried a heavy burden. But it usually only lasts one day. I'd – probably cried out in the dorm room or whatever and then i'd show up the next day like nothing happened i just thought that was normal i thought they were bad days Mm -hmm. well as those built up over time i got down to orlando and we're playing a series in utah and i'm sitting on the bench and tears are running down my face on the bench in the middle of a hockey game really i'm like what the hell is going on i i couldn't i couldn't hold my emotions in anymore like it was it was physically and mentally impossible and truthfully i'm happy i got to that point because then i knew i had to talk to somebody i had to whatever it might be you know i i had to but also i didn't want to because that's not the person i was and I didn't want to be that person. So that's, it's hard when you reach out to people. Yeah, I mean, and, you grow up like, well, you know, everyone's dealing with their own problems. Why would I shovel my problems onto someone else when mm-hmm. they've got their own problems and I'm supposed to be a man and deal with this stuff on my own? Yeah. Well, and, and again, I'll just go to you all that, um, and, and you, you brought this up that, yeah, why would you? I know your parents. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah. You get a great brother and sister. Yep. Like you grew up in a good neighborhood. Yeah. Played it. Played. Do you played, want hockey? Do you want a hockey? Played pro hockey. You want a national championship? Life's you, looking pretty like, good. What do you have to be? And that and that's that's the scary thing. Uh, but again, yeah. this does not discriminate. No. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, Carey Price. I don't know. He's done okay. I don't know. I yeah. think you know. I mean, his bank account's not as big as you guys, but yeah. still, he's done. He's done okay, right? Yeah. So. Like it doesn't discriminate. No. Young, old, rich, poor, male, female, no. you know, white, black, it doesn't matter. Yep. But we get into this and then what you just said is why should we give our burdens to somebody else? Okay. Um, I had a college volleyball player once, um, struggling. You know, I'd talked to her a few times and, and she came in and you know, I'm just I'm in a really bad spot. She lived with three other teammates. Uh, have you told your teammates? Have you shared with them, talk to them? Because again, you know, you talk about it, it helps. Yep. It takes some of that burden off. Yes. And well, no, why not? Well, we have midterms this week. Okay. I mean, I can get it. Yeah. And we got a match this weekend, big match this weekend. So I don't want to bother them. Yep. And, and I get that. And Sarah's boyfriend's what if, what if, been. What if, what if one of your, what if yeah. one of your teammates came to you and told you they felt like you feel, would you listen to them? But before, before I wouldn't. Absolutely. She would listen to her teammates. Yeah, you oh, would. in you in would. yes. That's what oh, I'm sorry, I so misunderstood. Then, so then yes. I, so then I asked her, "What if one of your teammates came to you? Would you listen to them?" Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, for don't sure. Don't you have midterms this weekend? Aren't you playing this weekend? That's... Didn't your boyfriend just dump you? You know, but again, yeah. we'll, we'll help anybody else out. Yeah. But heaven forbid we ask for help. What a great point. And and, and I always say, how do you feel after you help somebody out? Good. Yes. I mean, we like helping it's people. It's the best out, right? feeling ever. Well, guess what? Let somebody help you out. Now you're helping them feel good. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's okay. Yeah. Because, you know, how many guys in the locker room? 26, 28? Yeah. Yeah. Like, go around that room, one and four. There's six, seven guys in that room that feel the same way you do. Yeah. Yeah. Do they look like it? No. Absolutely not. No one does. No. 
You know, you guys look at me. Young, look, good looking guy, right? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> it was that big a joke. Yeah. But it, but the the point is is you know we look and think it should be a certain way. It's not that way. Yeah. You know, and um, and, and the other thing is, it's not a competition. Oh, he's got I, he's got it worse than me. It doesn't matter. You yeah. know, if you're struggling, yeah. you're struggling. I'll, I'll be the first one to admit. Growing up and hearing some people that, you know, might have ha- had some problems that were struggling with something, I I didn't necessarily, be- not believe, but I just didn't understand understand or let That's my right. mind wrap. But then, yeah. and I'm not pointing at my situation, but it was like, they were going through exactly what I went through, but I couldn't wrap my head around it till I was 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's... I'm glad you brought that point up because I, I misunderstood your question. Right. But I actually had a, an old teammate reach out to me f- from juniors, and he told me he's he's struggling. He's having a terrible, terrible time. And at first I was sad because, like me, I want to be a happy person. Like he, he wants to be a happy person. He just wants – that's all he wants. He Hockey makes him happy, but it also makes him really sad. And so at what point do you come to, you know, what are you going to do to make yourself happy? Like, you, under, I understand you want to finish out the season for your parents and for your girlfriend. You know, she sacrificed a lot for you. But at what point are you going to be happy? If hockey doesn't make you happy anymore, why are you still doing it? Yeah. But it's hard to hear that, mm-hmm. especially when you grow up. You think I'm going to play in the NHL? I'm going to do everything I can to play in the NHL. Well, and, for, and, and you guys obviously, like Mark, obviously got to a point I've never gotten to, mm-hmm. and and also, I've, you know, you break down in tears for no reason on the bench, and you went through that. And I think a lot of people. I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself one that has went through the depression or anxiety you guys have went through, but. It, there's there's periods where you everyone does you know and there's periods you know it, one example for me was when I when I did re- decide to retire um, that feeling of not not playing hockey anymore and not knowing who you are you don't know your self identity um, and you feel bad for yourself you know you're, you're you're laying in bed or sitting on the couch and you feel bad for yourself. And then, you know, I'm I'm sitting there like feeling bad for myself and then I'm also thinking who who am I feeling bad for myself, you know, like the, there's other people that have a, you know, their 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 mom just died or you know, yeah. this happened to them. Am I selfish for feeling bad for myself right now because in terms of everyone else, my life is great. So if I feel bad for myself, am I just a complete, you know, idiot just just thinking that I'm feeling bad for myself when everyone's got it, you know, so many people have yeah. it worse. And that's the thoughts you go through, mm-hmm. you know, when you're depressed and you're anxious, you don't, you feel, you're like, you're mad at yourself that you feel sad because you're like, why do I feel sad? I have, I have a good life. What, what is this? Yeah. What is going on? I should not feel sad right now. And that's the toughest part to explain to people. And I think that's the barrier. 
that a lot of people would have to break. Well, but it's okay to be sad. Yeah. For a period of time. Because just like you talked about, I mean, you've talked about a lot of things there that yeah. make my mind go all over. But, you know, um, yeah, you haven't dealt with it. But you know what? Um, your parents are alive. Yeah. Yeah. When they pass, you'll be depressed. Yeah. Doesn't mean you have depression. But our, our mental health is on this continuum. Like, we all have mental health, just like you have physical health, right? And you might have found out last week, your physical health isn't what it was 10 years <laughs> yeah. ago, right? Yeah. But, but again, like, you also made some New Year's resolutions, right? Yeah. So we can get our physical health better. Yeah. But then we might get sick. You know, you might, you know, and then you're going to get good, then you get injured. You're right. right. It's but on that. It, it goes on this continuum. Our mental health goes the same way. It, yeah. It's on this continuum. And, you know, it doesn't mean mental illness. And that's the one thing I've had to change in my talks. I'm not just talking to people that have mental illness because we all have mental health. Yeah. And I hope that if we can work on those tools on how we deal with our mental health. So when we're in a good spot, so when those times come, so when we lose a relationship, we lose, you know, we're, you know something happens, um, you know, we can handle that. Because yeah. one way to handle it is go to the bar. Yes. You know, do other things. There's right, get, get caught right up in your games. There's, there's coping mechanisms. Yeah. But but if we don't know those tools ahead of time, then we're in trouble. Yeah. Like when I was having that panic attack in, in New York, I didn't think, God, I should Google breathing techniques right yeah. now. Right? I just yeah. had it. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, it, it's kinda like you take swimming lessons? Uh no. Did you ever take swimming lessons? I mean, lessons? I took oh, swimming I mean, lessons. Did you take I, swimming yes, lessons? Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Did yeah. you take them when you were drowning? That's <laughs> not a good time to no. take them. Yeah. You know, like when somebody's drowning, John says, get that elbow up. Like, <laughs> you hope you have those tools ahead of time yeah. so you don't drown. Yeah. You know, yeah. same thing with our mental health. Like, we're going to have tough times. Yeah. You yeah. know, this COVID has shown us, you know, that unfortunately in the future, people are still going to lose loved ones. People are still going to lose jobs. Yeah. People are still going to have tough relationships. It just happened to, to everybody at one time. Yeah. But that stuff's still going to happen. Yeah. Do we have the tools to handle it? So yeah. let's let's work on those when we're in a good spot because we're we're gonna have good and bad days. Yeah. It's does that bad day when you're feeling sorry for yourself go into a bad week, go yeah. into a bad month? Then then you want to be a little more concerned, but we're still gonna have those. Like yeah. I, I'm in a much better spot than I was in 2015, but it ain't all rainbows and unicorns yeah. every yeah. day. I still have shitty days. Yeah. I still have days where yeah. I don't feel good. But now the difference is. I don't have to put that mask on like you did. Yeah. I don't have to pretend yeah. everything's okay. Yeah. I can tell my wife I'm having a bad day. I've, I don't have to make up an excuse. Yeah. I, no. If it goes on for a week, I better get a hold of my therapist. Yeah. yeah. And then if it goes a lot, like, I better be more proactive in it. Yeah. But again, um, you talked about hiding yeah. and putting on that front. Does that take any energy? Every ounce of my being. It just wears you down. Yeah. yeah. Wears you down. You know, you know what helped me with this. There's a few things. Someone, someone, kind of gave me an explanation when I was talking with him about it. But it was also so when I was in middle school or high school, we read this book about a utopia where everything's perfect. You know, and when everything's perfect and good, when you don't have bad, you don't appreciate good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the in the utopias, so we read this book and you kind of learn that that message. Well, then I'm going through this. I end up talking to this guy, just not nothing too deep, but he's like, "Hey, going through a bad time. 
you should celebrate that. Because you know why? It's going to, you know, you can't have good without bad. Yeah. Yep. Without bad, without the sad times, without sad, you can't have happy. So yep. appreciate those sad times and those bad times or else you, you wouldn't have those good times. You wouldn't even know what good is. Yeah. So when you have those bad times and you're in the rocks and you're sad and you're depressed, well, kind of get excited because that means you got some good times coming, my friend. You know, yeah. like there's good times coming. And that means when you're sad and you're you're down on yourself and you do have those happy times and those those good memories, you're going to appreciate those much more when you know what sad and bad looks like. Yeah. And that really resonated with me. And it really, it still sticks with me today when I go through a bad day or, mm -hmm. you know, I talk to my dad and something bad happens throughout the day, something mm -hmm. unfortunate. Yep. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm kind of happy. You know, I'm, I'm going through this. I'm having a terrible time. It's <laughs> tough, but I'm going to appreciate when it's, I'm going to appreciate when it's good. That yeah. much more because Absolutely. of this. So I'm thankful for it all. You know, you have to appreciate all of it. Mm -hmm. You can't get rid of sad and bad. You can't get rid of it. It's mm -hmm. always going to be there. And it's a good thing that it's there. And without that, you wouldn't have the happy. And that, that just resonated with me so much. And I still, to this day, try to think of it every time I have a bad day. I, I try to look at it as a positive, you know, like, you know what? When it rains, it pours. And now it's. It's going to get better from here. Yeah. So. And good for you, because guess what? Nobody said everything's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's going to be easy. Yeah. You know, I, I remember when I first went in. So, you know, after that, you know, my wife got me in right away because, you know, I'm very blessed and she's connected. So, you know, that Monday I was in to see a uh, psychiatrist at the University of Minnesota. And, uh, you know, they talked about meds, you know. And the one thing I said is, like, I don't want to be... I don't want to be a zombie. I don't, I don't want to be a zombie. I want. No, I still yeah. want to have my feelings. I want this. Yeah. Yeah. And then this. Yep. And then this. And then because what is that? Yeah. It's life. What, it's a heartbeat. This? That's dead. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And 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 yeah. We can sell. now if they're way there and way down here yes. or just down here. Yeah. Now we got an issue. But again, yeah, we're gonna have those. Yep. And that's where I say I still have those. Yeah. And 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 when I went in there, so I want to get back to another point I forgot earlier. Sorry. Yeah. Jump all no, over. that's fine. <clears throat> When I said how was it was to, to reach out to me, yeah, okay, and you said scared shitless, yeah, and um, you know that's one of the things we have to get over too. Yeah, it's a sign of weakness. You know, yes. you were scared because again, you know what? Unfortunately, there's people that judge us, yeah, and we feel like we're going to be judged. We feel like we're going to be thought less of. And all I can say is, there's no bigger sign of strength or courage than reaching out. That well, I appreciate you saying that first off. And, um, no. Because most people don't. They, yeah. they feel that way. They want to, but something gets in the way, so we don't do anything. And that's a choice. I tried it for 30 years. Ain't a good one. Yeah. That's I perps, wish I would have had the strength and courage. That's perp saying, swallow your pride. Yeah. Yep. It, How many times? Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's actually insane because once I actually got to a point and opened up about it, now I am free. I, I have no problem speaking on it. I have nothing. When a friend calls me and says, Hey, I'm having a tough day. I'm going to do everything in my power to help them out because I don't wish that upon my worst enemy. Like it's, it, yeah. and it's your own, it's your own mind. And it's your, that's the thing, you know, you get sad and then your mind just keeps 
dragging you down to worse and worse and worse places. And if you let it do that, you know, there are some bad outcomes. But if you just beat that and just beat this stigma that not speaking is better than opening up. Our our volleyball coach reached out to me my week that I, first week I took leave from the team. I didn't make any calls. And then she got a hold of me and, and she was a volleyball coach. I've known her. She said, Mark, I've known you for 20 years. I would have never guessed you had depression. Yeah. I'm like, well, that's what we do. Yeah. yeah. We hide it. Yeah. But Everyone you know what? Does. When she said that, it was like a thousand pound weight lifted off my back. Yeah. I don't have to hide it anymore. Yeah. Because that takes a oh, it's gonna lot of so effort. Good. Yeah. You know? It, and, it's insane. And and, and, and and that's why just those people reaching out to you yeah. to talk. Yeah. Like, get out of here. Yes. And... And and to verbalize it, it's like, and not get judged. Yeah. Not get, you know, thought less of. It, it, it's just a freeing thing. It doesn't solve it all, but it allows you to take that next not, step. 98% of the people I talk to, they just care about you as a person. Absolutely. You know, there's some, that's when you kind of weed out the people that mean something to you and that don't, is if you open up about some of this stuff, You'll find out real quickly, you know, who cares about you and who doesn't. It's kind of and you... which is which is fine. Yeah. You know, some people don't necessarily believe in it or any of that. But ninety eight percent of the people that I've told my story to, they're like, Man, I know a guy that's going through that too. Or I've been through some of those. It's Absolutely. it's insane. Everybody just but like we stated earlier. The hardest thing to do is to admit it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's, that's when you realize, you know, I mean, I, I can attest to this. So I leave my junior year of high school and, and I haven't really, it's been 10 years now since I've lived at home, mm-hmm. since I was 16 years old. And, um, you go through different growing pains and stages. And sometimes you lose, your sense of what family really means. And and some people aren't mm-hmm. fortunate enough to have a family like yeah. I do and, and a, a lot of other people. But it does, those moments really do, when you're going through a tough time, they really do make you realize how important your family is because they always care. And, and you may go through lapses where you don't necessarily think about your family as much and don't prioritize them. And you're like, you know what? Maybe my friends are, you know, my friends are on the same level as them. And some of them are, but not all of them. And you kind of lose track of that, but then it brings you back when you go through a hard time. And some of those friends you thought you had are gone and Mm -hmm. your family's always there. And that is one good thing, you know, these hard times teach you about is, is to respect and, and, really appreciate your family because not every family's like that, but I think a lot of them are. And just appreciate your family because there's nothing in life like your family and spending time with them. And you can consider a lot of your friends that are with you there as family as well. Like I do too. Like I don't consider my family just my parents and my brothers. You know, I have a much bigger family of people that I'm with and um, it helps you realize those are the people you want to spend your time with and you only get so much time when you're on this earth and in in this life and if you spend your time with the right people 
that's how you really maximize your life and the amount of years you live. So there's 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 definitely so many positives that come out of this and and people think of it as negatives. Like you're depressed, you're sad. Oh, that's that's negative. That's a bad thing. Well, there's so many positives that you know, it's a it's a lesson. You learn so many positives from that when you look back at it and you actually analyze all of that. It actually turns out to be such a positive when you go through these things. Like what you guys went through is such a positive in your life. I mean, it was a negative, but now you guys have turned it into a positive and, and it's who you are now. And um, you just have to realize that. Yeah. And, and, and the difference is that um, we had those people that either looked out for us or we felt comfortable enough reaching out to because – you know, your family, yes, all those people are supportive, but you know, the tough part about this is you can't see it, you know? So um, now generally, you know, you'll see it in the people close to you. Like, who do you think saw me? My wife, my yeah. kids, you know? Yeah. Uh, my wife tried to tell me for years, but she just didn't get it. Yeah. Like, she's just a nurse. <laughs> yeah. She saves lives. I coach hockey, man. Yeah. Like, whew, everybody's wondering what I did. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, it's on the news every night, right? Yeah. Like if we win, people are. I mean, like yeah. in Duluth, like we got followed well. Oh yeah, you know. I mean, I think there's another. Is there another team that plays up there? I, they all followed us. I'm on TV. Scholastica. What, are, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they, but but seriously, like we were well connected in that community. Yeah. And 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 my feeling was, if we won, people would think I was a good coach. Yeah. But if we lost, they'd realize I wasn't. Yeah. I'm probably gonna get fired. Like what we do as athletes, that's instant. Yeah. You know, we talked about these. I bet you Friday night I can tell how Wisconsin and Ohio State do. We got to go online and look. Yeah. How many how many tax returns did that accountant do last week? Nobody knows. Yeah. But ours is all public. Yeah. And 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 we're viewed and we're judged. Yeah. And you know, so the people around us see it. We hide it from most people. Yeah. But the people around us, that's where we kind of let our guard down. Yeah. And and that's where I always encourage, you know, teammates to look out for each other. You know, you still might, you know, but again, if we don't know what to look for, we won't see it. Yeah. You know, what does it look like? Yeah. Like, I'll ask you, you might yeah. have heard my talk. Like, what, what does depression look like when I say that? What, what emotions or behaviors do you think it's of? It's invisible. Yeah. Yeah. But what do you think of? Uh, when sad. Fr- you know. Sad. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. Quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I didn't have that. Yeah. Right. What do you, what do you think would happen to my wife? She's at the nurse's station. Doc comes in. Looks at the chart, looks at the doc, says, you came up with that diagnosis? Yeah. Yeah. What are you, an idiot? Throws a file at him. Yeah, there's and, no tests. And, to... and, and you know, says, I can't believe they let you practice here. Storms out and knocks something off the desk. What do you think would happen to my wife? Sad. She'd get fired. Yeah. She'd be gone. Yeah. There's nothing that determines Me, that. on the other yeah. hand. Me, on the, I'm, I'm a helper, right? Yeah. And we know, coach, we know referees yeah. need help. Yeah. I help them a lot. Yeah. And what would happen when I helped them? I would scream and holler at them. I would tell them, that's the worst call I've seen in 30 years. I can't believe they let you officiate. And I might drop an F-bomb or six. Yeah. Right? Throw a water bottle. Exactly. Yeah. What happens to me? People cheer. Yeah. They love seeing that. Yeah. yeah. Two-minute right? minor maybe, and it's not even you serving it. Exactly. Yeah. But the, the point is, that was our culture. You get in a fight in a hockey game, what happens? People cheer. Yeah. You sit down for five minutes. Well, I came to find out another sign and symptom of depression is anger, yeah, rage, irritability. Yeah. Like when I looked at that list, 
that screamed me. Yeah. You know, I didn't sleep. Right? Sometimes I'd sleep all day if I didn't have anything. Well, I've been working 120 hours a week, and I just went on a 3,000-mile recruiting trip. I can't tell you the number of nights I slept at Simonson's on 94. Yeah. Coming yeah. back from Winnipeg. Yeah. I'm tired. Yeah. It wasn't depression, right? Yeah. Sometimes I won't sleep at all. Huh. You've seen our power play. You won't have slept either. Yeah. Yeah. It was a reason. You brought up such but, an interesting point about hockey and coaching, how it's so public. Yeah. So everything everything you do as a coach, it's everyone knows what happened. You know, the results. And he's like, how many tax returns does this accountant do this past week? How funny would it be, you know, if you if you projected a, an accounting firm as yeah. a as a <laughs> sporting team oh, yeah. out to the public and they're covering this accounting firm. I mean, how many, how many fires would they have? You know, like how many, how many head accountants, accountant changes would they have? You know, it's just, it, it's it that's is. hilarious their to think about their shoulder and say, that's a damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. There's so many, <laughs> so many fans. That's like, a debit, not a credit. Yeah. <laughs> You're going into a law firm and you got fans out in the front. You know, that's a write-off. No, it's not. Are you kidding me? No, it is. It's a write-off. Right. You know, but, but, but that's our culture. Yeah. And, and, and we hide it. And, and I would also venture to say that, you know, even me as a coach, what I did behind closed doors was different than I did out in the public. Yeah. You know, yeah. In the locker room. 100%. I, I wasn't a great person. Yeah. You know? And, and again, I'm not blaming my men, you know, because one of the first things my, my therapist said to me was, depression is not your problem. The fact you don't take care of it, that's your problem. Yeah. So yeah. deal with it. Yeah. You got, a, you got a busted leg? Get it fixed. Yeah. Separated shoulder? Do the rehab. Well, that's like the, so that's like the tweet you see all the time. I, I see this tweet or meme all the time. These people, you know, like they're going on first dates and they're like, oh, you guys want to see, you, you guys want to ask what his bank account looks like and what his job and what his place looks like? Well, I just want to see your physical therapist receipt <laughs> yeah. each week because I want to know if you're working on yourself or not. Yeah. Because if you're not, yeah. I don't want anything to do. You know, like people oh. think, you know, we all take care of our bodies, our physical part of our bodies, but how many people are doing the work? getting their mind right. It's the same thing, you know, like you train everything in life to be better. Oh, I'm lacking at this. I got to do better. Well, you, it's mostly physical because you're looking in the mirror. Well, when you look in the mirror, you can't see depression, anxiety. You just see fat and rolls and you're like, well, I got to get, in, I got to get to because the gym. It's, it's never get rid of it. I, I wrote, I wrote this down after your perp thing, right? You guys talked about new year's resolutions, right? Yeah. Nobody brought up mental health. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but you know what? Um, how were you playing? You were pretty good physically. That, you well. Know, <laughs> when you were playing. He was good physically. Right? Yeah. Decently. I mean, yeah, like decent. You were in shape to play the game. Yeah. But could you go back and play that same game right now in the physical shape you're in? Could you go back to Orlando and play? I know you got two and two in a celebrity game. Yeah. But could you play uh, on the no, real team? No. Right. Okay. Why? Your physical health has an effect on the way you play? Because he hasn't yes. worked on okay. it. Yeah. What, what about your mental health? Like when you were in that bad spot, did that affect your play? Yes. Like why do we – we know we can't be good on, on a field yeah. if we're not as close to we can be physically. Yeah. You know, yeah, we're going to have injuries and, and or, you know, we're going to be hurt yeah. and bumps and bruises as we get to this time of year. But we're going to try to be as close to peak as we can physically. Yeah. Well, if we're not good mentally, 
That's a, it, it ain't gonna, you, you can't perform that way either. Yeah. But we don't think about that. How Never. many coaches, how many coaches talk about how, the importance of how much of the game is mental? How many coaches spend time on the mental game? Like we say it's important. Yeah. But then we don't do anything for yeah, it. Well, I mean, we hear be, some. we hear be mentally strong, but that's, that's like but, making a play in no, crunch no. time. Well, you know? that's when you're when you're down two goals in the third, and you still have to have hope that you're going to win the game. Yeah, now, that's mentally strong in the hockey world. You know, in but the locker room talk. Did they but, tell you to be physically strong? Yeah, I mean, do you have yeah. a strength coach? Yes. yes. Do you go through strength training? Yeah. Why to be physically strong? Yeah. Did they teach you yeah. how to be mentally strong, or did they just tell you how to be mentally strong? Yeah, that's a fair no, point. And and, and the, there's train. And that's a thing is people think they work on their mental health. Well, oh, you know, I'm sad. Well, I work on my mental health for four weeks and I'm great now. I'm, I'm good. It, it's like working out. It doesn't end there. Exactly. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's forever. Hey. If you want to be physically fit, you got you to gotta exercise and work out your whole life consistently. If you want to have good mental health, it's the same thing. You got to work on it and think about it. And do things proactively, consistently, in order to have it where you want it. Absolutely. And, it and it's not. And it's know, not viewed the, that the, way. The workout it's, piece, you got to spend some time on that. Yeah. But like, I, I guarantee you, if you spend ten days, ten minutes a day, on your mental health. Oh yeah. Meditation or you know journaling or you know whatever it is for you. World of difference. Yeah. Got ten minutes. Everybody does. Yeah. What do we do with it? That's, you know, it's just a little bit goes a long way. That's, yeah. I kind of knew something was up in college. You know, I was, I was having those tough days in college, but I didn't do anything about it besides suppressing my mind. I know that we talked about this when we had our conversation. I played video games to suppress my mind. I'd, mind I'd, le- I'd leave my reality of college, of class, of everything and I'd play video games, you know, for two, three hours. I've got the headset on. I'm talking to buddies. I, there's not a worry in the world. But as soon as I took that thing thing up, you know, people always say, I'm sure it's not good for you. But, oh, staring at the screen all the time, you probably won't be able to sleep. Well, it wasn't because I was staring at a screen all day. Mm-hmm. It's because I finally got back to my reality. And I put my head on the pillow. And all of a sudden, these thoughts started running through my brain. Racing. Racing all the, the entire time take me three, four, five hours to fall asleep, yeah. and then I'd wake up groggy, and then I'd have a bad yeah. day, and it just that's how the the pattern happens, and it builds, and it builds, yeah. and it builds, and so again, instead drink, okay, yeah. yeah, people drink, but the next day it's a problem still there, yep, yeah, so you game, yep, the problem like we have to address the problem, yes, because those are distractions. Sometimes distractions are good, I, I, you know. But at the end of the day, you got to kind of find out where it's really coming from yep. and deal with it. Yep. Because, you know, yes, there's more destructive um, coping mechanisms. Yep. But again, it's a coping mechanism that's not getting to the problem. Yeah. And and, and we see that all, all the time. It can be a whole host of different things. Yeah. So if I would have asked you six years ago, are you a UND hockey player? Yes. You play hockey for UND? Yeah. Okay. What what if kids came up to you and said that? Hey, are you a UND hockey player? What would you say? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're not. You're Trevor, and you play for UND. You're Gage, and you play for UND. The problem is, 
especially in hockey around here, right? All the way growing up. Hey, you're a squirt A. Hey, you're Bantam Double A, right? No, you're not. You're a guy who plays hockey for each but that becomes our identity, right? Yeah. Now you're done with hockey. What do you know? An account manager. <laughs> you're not well, but uh, but again, good for you. You are. You're still, right. tre- you're but, still Trevor. But, <laughs> but 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 so many people. That's the struggle they have. Yeah. yeah. What am I now? Yeah. You know, I, I talk to NHL guys when they retire. What am I now? Because I'm not a. I, I've been identified as a hockey player for so long. That becomes our identity. It can be a football player. It can be a basketball player. But if we allow that to become our identity, when that's taken away, like, I, I don't know what would have happened if I went to got that help. Well, I do. I wouldn't be around. I'm pretty sure. But even if I was, you know, when I got fired in 2018, like, what am I now? Because I've been a coach. Like, there's guys I coached in the 80s call me coach. Yeah. Like, yeah. but I'm not that anymore. So what am I? Yeah. You know? If we allow that to become our identity, and that's the challenge to to parents, to people, like, no, you're a guy that plays hockey. That's not who you are. But it becomes such a huge part of our life that, you know, I, I talked to a college coach, called me today about a kid. He's had some concussion issues. He doesn't know if he can play anymore, but he doesn't want to quit because what am I going to do now? You know, I all yeah. I am is a hockey player. No, you're not. You're a guy that plays hockey, but you're also, you know, you don't want to come. You're an account manager. You know, you're a son. You're a brother. Yeah. You're, you know, you're a great friend. You're like, there's so many things. But we, once this becomes our identity, I mean, you talk to people that retire, worked at the same job for 32 years. What do they struggle with? What am I now? Yeah. Who am I now? Yeah. They, they've become their job. But I, so much in athletics, our sport becomes our identity. It's going to come to an end someday. Yeah. Yeah. What are we going to do then? Yeah. You're, we're so much more than that. And that's why I stress to coaches, like, yeah. let, let your athletes know that they're more than just this athlete. Yeah. They're that a person. Re- that reminds me of a player's tribune I once read years ago. I can't remember the player's name, but he was a big time NHL player. And he was in the NHL doing well. And he, he wrote this article. He's like, you know, I was still doing well, but I was going through my days, you know, you, you end practice at, you go to practice, you start at 8, you end at 9.30 or whatever, you get out of the rink, maybe at 11, 12. What do you do then? You do, who are you then? No one. And he, he he went through his first, you know, half of his career just being a hockey player, you know. He, he just went to the rink and went home after that and did whatever. Well, then he's like, you know what? I, I got to keep my mind off things. I got to. So he started doing some foundation. I don't know what it was for, but he's writing this article and he's like, you know, I started doing this foundation. I started doing things outside of the rink and, and just doing other things with my life. And, and it wasn't all about hockey. And slowly I, I just turned into a much better hockey player. I was way better at the rink. I was happier at the rink. You know, like I'd get done doing my, my deal after. You know, I get out of practice and, and go to my other job, basically, and, and do this foundation I'm working on and do this. And then the next morning, I'm so excited to go to the rink and go practice and just work on hockey because then I wasn't doing this other thing. And, and he just devotes his whole career to actually doing something outside of hockey. And it took his mind off hockey. It made him appreciate hockey more and it made him appreciate what he was doing more. And it was just so cool to hear him say because I kind of went through the same thing when I was playing pro 
my in my second year in Salt Lake City, you know, you you hear all these things from people. When you get to be a certain age, you're out of college. So I'm, we're we're playing in the East Coast Hockey League. Not a lot of money. I mean, you're mm-hmm. you know, I'm not saving for retirement or anything. Yeah. And when you're out of college, everything is about you know, you got to start building your your worth and, and saving for retirement, worried about the future. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just playing hockey, and then I'm going home at 11 or 12, and half the guys are playing video games, which I don't like to do. I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was I found myself there sitting alone a lot of the time, doing nothing, watching TV, and I'm like, you know what? I've already watched everything on Netflix, Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, what else can I do? I started driving DoorDash. I started coaching hockey camps. I started doing other things. Um, just to keep my mind off. And after reading this Players' Tribune, like he he did other things outside of the rink that made him better at hockey. So I started, you know, working jobs outside of the rink after practice, doing DoorDash, coaching kids. And I actually did find myself, you know, enjoy going to the rink more because it wasn't, you know, I had, I had other things to do. And I just think there's so much more to life than – be doing whatever you do and it, and it applies to it. even if you're an athlete or not you know there's that stat where a lot of you know business owners or guys who are invested in their work they work till they're 82 years old or ever because they love it you know mm-hmm. and as soon as they retire they they end up dying a yep. year or six months right after they retire because they don't know what they to do with their is. life they don't have anything else in their life and you need to find <clears throat> that's something that isn't involved in work or sports that you just like doing yourself and you can apply yourself to. Cause I think, you know, humans, we all just want to have purpose and we all just want to yeah. do, be doing something, you know, like no one, as much as, you know, being retired sounds at 20, you know, oh. if I hit the lottery, if I hit the Powerball <laughs> at 25 years old and I got $200 million, oh, it's great. I can go vacation the rest of my life. Well, you're not going to be happy doing that. No. You're going to, you're going to feel worthless. Yeah. What, what, one of the things I say whenever, you know, and again, I talked a lot about when you're not in a good spot. Yeah. So, you know, when I go talk to college athletes a lot, okay, if I ask them, you know, what are the two things you wish you had more of? What do you think college athlete? This is before the NILs, but I don't know how that's going. But <laughs> yeah. um, before that, like when you're in college, what two things do you think I get told the most often that they wish college athletes Money. wish they had more? Money and time. Yeah. yeah. You know, as a college athlete, you got to go to class. You got to get yes. your workouts in. You got to go to practice. You got to go to video session. Um, you got to go to study session. You got to get your homework done. You, know, you do want to game some with your buddies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You got to get that personal and, time. And, yeah. and, and, and you, you got that, right? And you know, so we don't have enough time yeah. and enough money because, you know, so now we don't maybe eat the way we should or, you know, whatever. We save it for certain things. So what do we sacrifice? Well, we sacrifice sleep a lot of times when we're yeah. in college, you know, and we talk about that, oh, yeah. that thing, you know, because again, we run out of hours in a day, yep. right? So that's what's sacrifice. Now I go to your pro careers, okay? What did you have too much of? Time. Time. Way Not necessarily money, but, but but now think think about if you get to the A, think about if you get to the show. Yeah, they have too much time and too much money. Yeah. Now what? Like what you did, uh, Gage, awesome. Like you get other things to fill that time. But if you're in a bad spot, what do you do? You yeah. got all that time to sit home and think about yes. how miserable your life is. Great point. How bad things are going. I'm in the A. I don't want to be in the A. I want to be in the show. Like 
you know, we go down. Now you got some money. Well, yeah. guess what? You can do some more things. Yes. And maybe they're not all positive. More dangerous things. Exactly. Yes. You know, so, so, you know, that's the whole thing that when we're in that bad spot, we have to get out of it. Yeah. So instead, where do we go? Yep. Social media. Social media. Yep. That thing. It's a three, like, like, you know, you, you've seen this tweet, right? First pro goal. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 That's cool. Are you Have you seen my favorite one? I love this one, right? What? Dash four. Yeah. <laughs> Six minutes ice time. Yeah. Healthy yeah. scratch tomorrow. Yeah. Did you see that one? No, but <laughs> oh. it's hilarious. Oh, that's right. Oh, we don't post that one, do we? No. We don't want people to know that. Yeah. No. We want people to know how great we are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you post, I, I could I could give my concert. Like, I got pictures of the concert I was at. I could show you the video. Yeah. You ever seen people post that video? Right? The quality's not real good. Right? That's hilarious you bring that up because I used to make fun of this fact on social media where your social media, your Instagram page, your Facebook page, it's a highlight reel of your life. Yeah. And I used to, Christmas card. I was, yeah. I was exposed to this. I saw some, you know, everyone's just, it's a highlight reel. So I used to actually, you know, like I had a girlfriend in college, obviously you're in a relationship, you go through ups and downs. Well, we're on FaceTime, we're in an argument and she starts crying. We're both mad. I take screenshots of the FaceTime. We're both angry she's crying on the screen on the on the on the screen and i posted to instagram like hey all your instagram profiles are highlights well this is this is real life yeah this is real life right here you know we're arguing she's crying we're not happy yeah welcome to my life you know yeah it's not all it's not all bells and whistles have have you ever deleted your social media for a long period of time i i've i have so my Instagram account in college got hacked. Okay. And taken over. So that at that time I didn't have I didn't create an Instagram account for a while. I Mace, have you deleted your stuff for a long time? No, never. I've always just had it. You feel you feel lost. Yeah. And it's sickening. You're out of the loop. When I I, I still remember when I left North Dakota and everything, I wanted to be a new person. I deleted my old Instagram account, started up my started up a new one. You know, I just wanted to start a new whatever. And it was insane. I I mean, I did it for two months and it was like, I'm missing out on so much because I don't have these pictures of my friends and like, yeah, it's, well, how much, it's a parasite. How much, how much is this thing? This this smartphone right here causing anxiety and stress. I can relate to this. I went on an elk hunting trip with my dad because that's what he does. It's yeah. his passion. I, he's been asking me to go forever, and I've never been able to go because he goes during hockey season. Um, so I retire and end up getting enough money to go. And I go on this trip with him, and for the whole week we're sitting in this hunting shack in the Rocky Mountains. Zero cell service. I can't even look at my phone. There's no point in looking at it because nothing's coming in. And it was the most refreshing week of my life because I knew I couldn't look at it. And I had no worries or stress. Because, I mean, you think about it. Every time you look at your phone, I mean, it's either someone asking what you're doing 
or it's good news or it's bad news and you're getting some it's just stressful yeah when you hear that vibrate or you feel that vibrate or hear that ring and i didn't have to deal with that at all and it was just i could not believe the the sense of you know self-relief i had during those seven days when I was there with no service, it was just incredible. And the I, world didn't fall apart. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I got back and I got back and, and my phone's blowing up and all of a sudden nothing happened. The world keeps spinning. Yeah. And well, but you, but you also talk, um, it's be for another episode, but, uh, when we do the political roundtable, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. you know, there's some political stuff out there nowadays on yeah. social media. Yeah. How does that affect us? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of divisiveness out there, and not taking—I mean, either side. Yeah. Like we we read that stuff, and then we just get frustrated, it. yeah, and, and we can't do anything about it. Yeah. yeah. But we get sucked into it. Yeah. You know, and and is it causing an effect? Absolutely, it is. Yeah. And um, you know, like I was talking about, like with the uh, um, you know, the concert. You know, whenever yeah. I give my talks, I show my you know Travis Scott yeah. concert video right yeah and then i asked you were you there the travis scott concert no loser how about you god <laughs> just cool people man yeah. look where i am you guys aren't here losers yeah. but we don't we don't That's get exactly that thing from home is. saying yeah nobody invited me out tonight here i am sitting by myself yeah right but we see all these other people out yeah like the audio sucks on that yeah by the way <laughs> but, we want, but we want everybody to see where we are and how cool yeah we are. this this is how great our life is every well, time yeah. if you're in a bad spot you believe it yeah and if you stay in here, man, you can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And that's where the social media piece, you know, you got to understand. That's what people want you to think it's like. Yeah. You know? That's not how it's actually no. like. No. Absolutely. I think the social media thing, I mean, if you look at depression and anxiety among kids and in youth growing up, it, it's you can't argue that it's a direct result of social media coming along yeah. and everyone, you know, it. And just like you said, and and we're all vic- we're all victims of it too. I mean, we all every time you're doing something cool, that's the only time you're you're storing 100%. things. You're you know like when we do these things, which I love doing. I'm posting pictures and stories like, hey, we're doing a podcast. Yeah. I'm having a good night with my friends talking, and it's like, why am I even bragging about that to people? Like, yeah. I'm doing what I want to do. Why should I put it out there? Why do I need someone else telling me, oh, wow, that's cool, Gage. You're doing that. Like, yeah. Why and, do I- and again, I think that stuff's okay, but then what do we get into? But how many likes did it get? Yeah. yeah. How many people liked it? Yeah. You know, why aren't people liking this? Yeah. Like, you know, are, are, don't people care what I'm doing? Yeah. And, and so, so, again, I'm not saying all social media is bad. Yeah. But it's... What's our perspective going in there? And why do we do it? If we want to do it because I want people to know what I've done, well, then you're going to be set up for disappointment. Yeah. You know? Or if you believe what everybody else says, then you're going to, you know, you're going to be tough on yourself. Yeah. And stuff. So, you know, hey, don't get me wrong. I post a lot on social media. Like, I like to post, you know, different articles that I come across and stuff like that. But Well, it's informational and it is. I mean, I think there's good things out there. But again... If if we get into that whole comparison game, like we're gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. You find yourself yeah. in that comparison game. You're never. I mean, even the, if you're, even if you're Drake. Yeah. And you're comparing yourself to guys on social media. I mean, you're even gonna be jealous of other. Yeah. And it's like you're Drake. What? Or you're you're LeBron James. Why are you jealous of someone else? Yeah. 
You just will be if you're comparing yourself to others and what they're doing That's, on that night. And, well, and, and what do you look at? So you, you're playing because you're playing you're playing the world junior team, right? Um, and by the way, like I bet you, Connor McDavid, his his screensaver's not him on his ass from you, right? Yeah, he oh, didn't no. post that one. Yeah. He shoulda. Yeah. I asked <laughs> I him mean, to. I DM'd <laughs> him and said, "Hey, post this yeah, one." Just you know, but. Um, I lost yeah. my train of thought. No, that's yeah. fair. No, that's a no. Good point. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely <laughs> not. No one else is posting that stuff. I no. mean, I never posted a game after oh, we got but, swept but by you're playing, Denver. You're playing in the World Juniors. You're playing in the East Coast, right? Yep. And and there's ten tweets out there, and nine of them say, "Man, best D man we've had on this World Junior team. Like this guy be captain again." And then one person posts, "Why did this kid make the team?" He should be kicked off, you know? Hey, best best player on the Orlando team. Man, if we had Trevor Olsen, if we had 20 Trevor Olsons, we'd win it all. And then one person posts, God, that guy's a clown. What the hell is he still playing in the league for? Which one do you listen to? That's that's my That was my biggest hurdle, and that's the thing I'm working on now. My analogy is if I walk into a room of 100 people. I heard you say that, yep. If I walk into a room with 100 people and 99 of them love me, but one person doesn't, I'm spending all of my time on making that yeah. one guy instead of enjoying the 99 people in yeah. the room. At, at some point, you have to be like, okay, you don't like me. You're Go, an idiot. Yeah. I, I guess these 99 people are wrong. Like, I don't – that is – has been and still continues to be one of my – I don't want to say flaws, but it's just something that I think yeah. about and I'm more controlled with it now. Um, but that is absolutely 100% um, yeah. something that crossed my mind every single day. Well, and it crossed my mind when we were starting this too. You know, you you, you announce that you're starting a podcast or you're going to be talking in public where people can listen. And, you know, I told people like, hey, like you, if you're going to put yourself out there, and it's like posting on social media and Twitter. Like if you want to get likes and, and get retweets and do that stuff, well, if you want fans and people who like you, you're girl, you're also going to have to be okay with what comes with that is people that don't like you, you yeah. know, like just as much. And you're going to have to be okay with that. And you're going to have to realize you can't please everyone. You know, yeah. we're not out here. You, If you live your life trying to please everyone, you're going to live miserably because mm-hmm. you just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, th- think about it at North Dakota. Did everybody in the country want you guys to succeed? No. No. You know, you're always going to have people that want to bring you down. The, the that, Sioux Forum didn't, I didn't have fans on the Sioux toughest, Forum. It was toughest for me. I had East Grand Forks people. Yeah. Oh yeah. I can imagine. I East Grand yeah. Forks people that I went to high school with that yeah. were just trashing me on Twitter. And it's like, yeah, man, I went to school with you. Why are you, yeah. why are you hoping for my downfall so bad? And it, it, it hurts. And it's like, I, absolutely. But yeah. it's them. Yeah, you know, but but again, we we take it personal. Yeah, I mean, I, it's easy for me to say that because I was the same way. Yeah, right? you know, but again, that's where you know being in what you guys are in, being in what you went through, and that it's very public. Yeah, people yeah. can take those shots. Nobody's taking a shot at that accountant. Yeah, you know, they yeah. just go to another accountant if they don't like them. Yeah, you know, so um, so it's it's a battle out there, and what we 
you know, how we interpret that stuff. But I, I think that's a human nature. I talk to guys all the time. They yeah. feel the same way as you yeah. do. Yeah. But, but again, you wouldn't, again, you wouldn't appreciate those people that like you as much. Yeah. If you didn't have the haters. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you should. You, Some people yeah. don't, don't though. Just yeah. like they don't, but your attitude and, and the story you brought up earlier, that's what we need to get to. That's yeah. what we need to understand. That yeah. We don't have good without some bad. Yeah. No. It's impossible. Absolutely. They work hand in hand. You can't have one or the other. Yep. Yeah. You yep. you got both. Yep. yep. That's all you got. And yeah, I mean my I mean my biggest advice to people is just, you know, when you are going through that hard time, your most the most proactive thing you can do is just realize that there's some good to come. There's there's good to come, but also just Man, I've never been more proud of my buddy that reached out to me. Just, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised at the support you get. People yeah. want want you to be happy. I understand that it's this huge hurdle. It's not the person that you are. You're scared. You don't know what you want to do. So many, so many people go through it. And I just wish that I had the courage to do it sooner. Or, I, I don't know if courage is the right word, but... Yeah. yeah, I guess. I wish I had the courage to say something sooner so I could get to where I am now yeah. earlier. Because on average, what do you think people wait to get help? And obviously some people never get help. But average people that get help, 10 to 20 years. You're way ahead of the curve. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You, you know, and, and again, you brought this up in a, you brought this up in the, uh, the podcast with Ryan. Like, your generation is talking about it. Yeah. Now, there's still people in your generation that, you know, I, I get a call from a coach one night. He was with a kid who was in a really bad spot. Talked to the kid about, you know, getting some help and stuff. You know, what about your campus stuff? I don't want to be seeing anybody on campus. Like, there's still that stigma. Yeah. I don't want anybody to see me going in there. Yeah. Like, you never have a problem walking in to see the athletic yes. trainer because you hurt your shoulder. Yep. But we don't want to see anybody go in there. So it's still out there. But ask your, ask your dad. How yeah. much uh, Miloski talked about mental health back in the UMD days? Well, they didn't well, talk about it, and that's the thing I was going to bring up. Is I mean, our age right now, yep, we're a little more aware of it. Absolutely, when I think our age is more. They're more likely to come forward and say something versus your age. There's plenty of people your age going through this problem, and they've you guys were raised oh. with a in a different era where it wasn't okay to talk about this stuff. And yep. a lot of those guys your age probably are thinking, you know what? I would get help, but it's too late. You yeah, know, right. I'm this age. Why would I do it now? It's already too late. There's no use. Yep. But there is use. Yeah. Oh. And it's not too late. Nope. nope. And I'm sure a lot of the guys your age are, and, and you know, my dad's age who – they think it's too late, and they're just mm-hmm. like, you know, it's too late. I'm just going to push it off because there's nothing I can do about it, but there definitely is. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, people your age, which we didn't know, and again, not that it wasn't there. It's just it wasn't talked about. Yeah. But unfortunately, you may know people that have died by suicide. You yeah. Because it's all too common now. Yeah. And um, and that, that's why I think you're aware of it, which is awesome. You know, yeah. and having that conversation. And again, is it comfortable? Absolutely not. But just like we won't walk around with a broken nose, we don't have to walk around feeling like this. And we're having a conversations and your your generation is pushing it forward. Yeah. And you know what? The you know, 
you have no idea the you know by you talking about the stuff you went through on who it's going to affect and how many people it's going to affect. Ryan's story, like that was powerful. Yeah, I, I listened. Yeah. I listened to that, and um, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna positively influence a lot of people. Yeah, I yeah. hope so. I, I know yeah. so. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and again, you know, he he talked about it. Like, um, there's people that are going to hear the story, and he brought up a great point that a lot of people go because they're told they have to go. Yeah. I went yeah. I went to counselor because my wife told me I wanted to save my marriage, right? Exactly. So I'm going to go. I didn't go for me. Yeah. I didn't have a problem. Yeah. I went for her. Well, who recovers from the alcoholism? People uh, that want to. Yeah. yeah. And are ready to. And he was. Yeah. And he is. And, and that's okay. And he's going to have a huge impact on a lot of people. That was that was powerful. Yes, and, it was. You know, but it's the same thing with you. And it's the more we talk about it, the more we normalize it. Big deal. Yeah. I got depression. Yeah. That's not who I am. Yeah. I'm not depression. Hey, de- we have depression here tonight. No, I'm Mark. No, I live yeah. in depression. I define who I am, what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So does everybody else. So does Ryan. He's not alcoholism. Yeah. Yeah. He's Ryan. He yeah. lives with alcoholism. Yeah. But he's taking care of it. Yeah. And 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 he seems like he's in a lot better spot. I didn't know him before. Yeah. You know, but um, you know, he's gonna influence a lot of people. You know, and and, and you guys having this conversation. On the air, a lot of people will listen to this. I hope it resonates with some people. Yeah, it will. You know, well, and, sure. and 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 that's the thing. Yeah. So, so what I wanted, I also I didn't want to bring this up in a different episode, but I did want to play devil's advocate because we're obviously all in favor of getting help, and and there's all these devil's advocates out there who have other views and have other thoughts. Well, I know for a fact there's people out there who, you know, in this world we're living now, mental health has become such a big thing. Um, in terms of youth, everyone, you know, like kids nowadays are being pre- prescribed ADHD more often, um, anxiety more often, they're given these meds, all this stuff. Um, at what point does it go too far to where, like you said, you're depressed for a day, but you don't have depression. How do you determine that? I guess, I don't know if any of us have the answer uh, there. Are you asking, like, how do you know if you're sad or... Well, if yeah, you, have- you know, like, if if you have one, if you have a couple bad days where you're down on yourself and... Are you, are you automatically, you know, I need help? Or are you just depressed for that day? And... Everything gets to a point where like, well, you know, like, I don't know if this many kids have ADHD in elementary school now. They're, they're handing this, they're handing Adderall out too, too often. They're handing these drugs out too often. Maybe they're just going through a bad day. And what, how do you determine that? How do you, how do you tell people they're wrong there or they're right? Yeah. I, I, I think in the rule that I follow when I talk about this is, when it affects your abilities for your three L's, your ability to live, laugh, and love. Okay. So if you can't meaning live, like get up and do the activities that you have to do to survive. Yeah. You, you can't get out of bed. You can't, yeah. you know, you, you miss work a couple of days, that type of stuff. Uh, your ability to laugh. Like, do you enjoy things or is it always this gray cloud? Yeah. Not, nothing is enjoyable anymore. And your ability to love. 
meaning um, hang out with friends. You know, it might it might be, you know, relationships, but it might also just be friendships or teammates and that. Because what do we see then? People become isolated. You know, they, they withdraw. And when that goes on for a period of time, that's now we might get into an area where you should go see a professional. I'm not a professional. Yeah. Okay. You should go see a professional. Um, but the other thing, and, and I'll get to this point, I'm I'm not here to say, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, being on meds. Yeah. Okay. Um, the problem I see with society is right now is we want that magic pill. Yeah. There isn't one there of those. There isn't. The, the reason I'm doing better, the, the meds might help me get back yeah. in line, but I also had to realize you know, like we talked about before, why do you feel that way? Like, what's the underlying stuff? And, you know, I, I think my depression is very much like Ryan, that he's in recovery. I'm in recovery, okay? But I have to be active in that. I have to take responsibility. So what do I do? I go to a peer support group. I see my therapist once a month. I have to do my own mental health things, whether it's the meditation and that type of stuff. But as a society, we've become so much, you want to lose 20 pounds? Well, give me the pill. Right? Yeah. I, I want this quick fix, you yes. know, back, back, you know, years ago, Hey, here's the 30 minute workout. Then we had to get down to the seven minute workout. That was too long for people. So now yeah. we got the three minute workout. Yeah. Like I, I want it and I want it now. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to speak on that quickly. Um, you know, I talked about my burst out in, in Utah or whatever. Um, I said, you know what? I went to my, after the game, I went out into the hallway. I'm bawling my eyes out. My athletic trainer came out, and I said, Mikey, I need to go talk to somebody. And that was the first thing. And I went to a therapist, and they got me hooked up with some meds and whatever. We had two months left, and then COVID came, and then I went home. And I went back to Duluth, and all of a sudden, I went from a 26-year-old you know, semi-pro hockey player to not knowing if I wanted to play again, not knowing if I wanted to be done and work. I'm living in my parents' basement, who I love dearly, and I'm so thankful for them. But when you're when you're 26 and you move back home and, and yep. you're living in the basement with your parents, that shit sucks. But not only I stopped taking the meds and I stopped going to a therapist because I thought, okay, I'm on to a new part of my life. Well, that's when it got worse because I stopped. I stopped helping myself i couldn't even like you said live laugh love i couldn't wake up in the morning and if i did i'd collapse to the floor um i wouldn't go hang out my with my friends i thought my whole life was going to be different i was going to be done i was going to move back to duluth i was going to have all my buddies we were going to go golfing on tuesdays you know i was going to find the love of my life up there in duluth and i was going to live next to my family for the rest of my life well none of that shit happened COVID happened. I'm buried in my parents' basement. I'm not moving. I'm literally wasting away. And finally, like, I just, I couldn't take it anymore. I had a conversation with my parents. Like, it got so bad. My mom was like, do you think you're a good person? And I couldn't answer her. Mm -hmm. Me. I think yeah. I'm a fucking great person. You are. You, are. you know, yeah. I, I think that. I love yeah. I love to have fun. I love that's my whole thing. My whole goal is to make you guys laugh and have a good time. Like that's what I do. And so when my mom asked me this and I couldn't even answer her, it was like this thing is is real. Yeah. So, you know, I think that there's 
yeah, I was sad at times, but there, there gets to a point where it's like, you have to come to realization with yourself that you're, you're struggling with something. If this is a consistent thing Mm -hmm. for a long haul, you know, maybe check in with somebody if, if it's been a couple of weeks, you know, or a couple days or whatever it might be, you know, some, something feels off. I don't know. Like I'm not, I'm not in a great mood. Like even that conversation just starts the process. Yeah. But I also think you bring up a very excellent point. Like we can't just throw drugs at stuff. Yeah. We no. we can't throw the magic. Nope. Because there is no magic pill. No. Nope. No. And if that's what we think, we're going to be in trouble. And we have to teach these skills because everybody's going to go through a tough time. Everybody's going to be um, um, distracted at times. We're not going to be able to focus and concentrate. We're going to have a lot of energy sometimes. Okay. How do we deal with it though? Yeah. Because... Yeah doesn't mean it has to be because again the other thing with the diagnosis is now it becomes labeled yeah you know and and those types like we can do so much more than than, than we should that's we my have. thoughts and beliefs on it is i think we're jumping to conclusions a little too soon nowadays that's fair which is which is what you said everyone wants it everyone wants it solved right now yeah and it it can't be solved right now it's a you know, like if if you're if you're out of shape and and overweight, it's not going to be solved tomorrow. Yeah, if it's I, not going to be solved in two months. The, the you know, like time- it's a it's a it's a long process, and it's like, and the same thing goes for if you want to play college hockey. Oh, if you wake up one day and you're a kid and you're like, oh, I want to play college hockey. Well, I'm gonna shoot pucks tomorrow, and then. I'm on my. I'm good. Yep. It doesn't happen in a day. It can't. The the amount of times I've rolled out of bed and done like twenty crunches, and I'm like, I'm back. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. here I go. Yeah. And you then want the it to be that way. Next... It's just oh, not. Yeah. When yeah. I had my gym, you know, it's like you know, people give. I was like, it took you twenty five years to get out of shape. Yeah. You think you can get back in exactly twenty five minutes? Yeah. yeah. Like it don't work that way. That's the way I think of it when There's I'm working out. Oh, I, I get scared. That's why I get scared when I'm working out. Cause I just recently started working out again. And I'm yeah, like, I can tell you guys. Yeah. yeah and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, like kind of scaring myself. You know what? I've been eating <laughs> shitty and not working out for two years. So does that actually mean I have to keep up with this for two years <laughs> to get back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Would, kind of that, but it's not it's that, process, but it's like, yeah. but it's you, not going to happen tomorrow. But it, and it, but even if you do it for a year and then you stop, it ain't going to stay there forever either. Yeah, it's an no. ongoing yes. thing, just like everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's that's, everything that's in that life. linear movement we're talking about. Oh yeah, it's everything in life. It's your it's your work. It's your your game. It's your mental health. It's your attitude. It's everything you have to work on. It's your relationship. You know, you're in a relationship with someone. Things are good right now. You're in the honeymoon phase. Oh, well, I can get fat and happy. Well, your relationship, just because you've been together for 10 years, doesn't mean the next 10 years are going to be great. You still got to work at it, and you still got to put effort forth. You have, and and that's the whole thing with this, you know, the mental health piece. Like, I I have to be active in that recovery. I have to put the work in. You know, you you have to work hard. Because if it was easy, what would they call it? 
Everyone would do it. Basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I say that on a different podcast. Yeah. I, I, you might have to edit that. I, I don't know where all your listeners come from, but I don't know if basketball is easy for you guys, but it's not easy for me. I can't well, get that. My mom's a Hall of Famer. I know she is. You know exactly what she's going to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did you have Mary on there? Yeah. Right? Yep. She's Mary Wick. Me Mary Wick. Yep. Yeah. God, no respect. <laughs> That's a joke ongoing for 20 years. Hey, Trevor, meet Mary. Mary. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's a guy. And you, you know where that came from, right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I know the original story. Oh, yeah. We were playing in a tournament. I was coaching. We were playing in a tournament up in Silver Bay. Okay. And they listed the coaches. Jim Olson, Mary Wick, or something oh, else. That's right. Oh, I didn't know. She, your mom's called me Mary ever <laughs> yeah. since then. Classic. Your mom kept it going for years. Oh, yeah. Did you hear what happened to Seth Jones? <laughs> yeah. in the Seth Jones, Ryan Johansson. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, but that I, I I've said that on some of the other podcasts, yeah. and, and people get mad at me because they're basketball people. Like, yeah, uh, it's easy to call it basketball. Well, <laughs> yeah, I can't. I I'm terrible at basketball. We played uh, summer league once. Me and Trey went zero for thirty three from three points. So I can't chirp basketball. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, well, do you want to give a shout out to Chill Boys? Yeah, let's let's give a shout out to Chill Boys. Mark. I mean, the biggest part of being a, a guest on the show is you're going to get some free underwear, free socks, $50 gift card from the Chill Boys. Everyone, please, please go on Chill Boys, www.chillboys.com. Obviously not if you're a girl, I don't know. But some girls do like wearing boxer briefs, yeah. so they'd be perfect for you guys if you want to do that. But these Chill Boys, bamboo underwear and... I know we say it every week. It really is the most comfortable underwear you'll ever wear. I mean, it, the, the the material I'll, is just so soft. I'll get I'll get a voice um, recommendation from Mark Wick after he slides his first pair on. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. call you and I'll leave yeah, I know, you a message. I know you I, will. I've been I've been listening to all five episodes, thinking, <laughs> man, am I ever going to get my shot? <laughs> yeah. Well, here this you are. Is what I'm looking for. Well, here exactly. you are. Yeah, and yeah. eventually Ols, Jack, and I will put the Chill Boys on and take a, you know, couple underwear shots just to try to give them some advertising. Maybe, yep. maybe we'll be there. You know how how it used to be in the old days for Victoria's Secret. They used to have on, you know, just the skinny hot girls wearing there, and now they've kind of transitioned into, you know, more realistic yeah. girls wearing yeah. there. That'll kind of be the Chill Boys oh, advertisement, yeah. Yeah. more just real maybe life. The dad guys. I feel like I feel like we have a small, medium, and then a large. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like, I shouldn't say small. We'll say medium, large, extra large. Yeah, yeah possibly double, go. but. Um, like but it. yeah, get your Chill Boys, everyone. Um, incredible stuff. Great company. Great owners. Um, just great people doing doing good work. You help them out getting their. You'd help yourself out getting their underwear. Yeah. So, and even socks. I mean, um, shout out to Chill Boys too. I wore their long johns for the. Uh, As ODR, did I for the ODR. As did I. Didn't feel a thing. Um, almost got a little too hot. I'm yeah. gonna talk to them about that. Try to make some some winter some warm or cool gear so i'm cooling when like i'm actually that. using them because i think this stuff was heating me up a little bit but that was the right time for that but if i ever want to skate indoors i'm going to want that cooling gear so i'm going to pitch that to chill boys i love it try to get into that market but uh, yeah i'll take a pair of those um <laughs> but before we take off here mark wants to um say yeah, a just, few you know, final one, words one last thought because you know what I, I you know following your guys careers and stuff like that um you know one thing that i just want to make sure that we end with is 
Um, hey, you guys been in any hockey fights? A couple. Bet you beat some guys up pretty good, huh? Well, I, yeah, I mostly got beat up. You ever, I, you ever, you ever beat anybody up as much as you beat yourself up? No, never. You know, and 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 one thing that I think is important is, you know, as as we know, and we talked about the social media piece. Um, you know, message is, you know, we you don't know what somebody else is going through. We don't know what the guy working next to us or sitting next to us is going through. Um, so I think we need to be more kind to one another. Um, but more importantly, be more kind to yourself. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us are really good at beating ourselves up. And no better time, no bigger time, we need to just show a little self-compassion for ourselves too. And uh, I, I really appreciate you guys having me on here and, and being willing to talk about this subject. Because you know what? This isn't as fun as your first five podcasts. There were some great stories. You know, we didn't get a chance to get into my day with the Stanley Cup or when I was getting back in that airport, you know, with, with the Italian mob trying to get me back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I talked about, you know, my that's shaving for the, hygiene habits. That's, that's, yeah. that's for a different time. That's for the but, recurring guest episode. Yeah, yeah. Th- those were, you know, those have all been great episodes. But, I, you know, and again, I'm biased, but I think this is a very um, important subject. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to to be willing to talk about this. Means a lot to me. Absolutely, we appreciate you having on uh, yeah. coming on here. Thank you so much for sharing the story, Mark and and Ols too. I mean, um, like you guys said, it it takes a lot to share that story and and tell people and get it out there. And um, just thank you guys so much for what you've done. And we didn't get a chance to talk about Saint Cloud. I know, son of a gun. I Another know. time, you, yeah. You bring that one up. I'll, I'll have to yeah. bring that one up for sure. <laughs> but because it, that that again, is a legendary. I, I story. will say. It's good to see you again. I've been worried sick for years. We might have to do a quick. We might have to do a quick story. Um, how many how many years did you coach down at the St. Cloud? Uh, oh, I'm still there. Yeah, but it's been years. Uh, what? Fifteen? No, not that much. T- but probably ten, ten years, years. Ten years. Yeah. The uh, what is it? High performance fifteens. Yeah, the one o twos. One yeah, top hundred two fifteen year olds in Minnesota. <laughs> okay, yeah. and they go to the camp um, at St. Cloud to be pushed on to um, national camp. National camp. Yeah. And um, so we've actually all been coaches. He was an actual coach. We were more volunteer coaches. Um, Gage happened to be there the year before. Counselors. No, we you were, guys were counselors because we you were counselor, counselor of the year. Counselor. Camp, camp right? counselor. That was next year. That was the year after. But yeah, but no, you've been counselor of the year. Uh, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, no, it was. It was official. My team went 4-0 if anybody needs a coach. Yeah. I had the counselor of the year locked up that year until <laughs> until what? Well, you know what? It, it, they say it goes to the the final date tonight. I just missed the finish line. I pulled a hammy at the finish line, mm. but uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, long story short, I guess we we'll, we could go into this more with a with a guest to you know a counselor that was there. But uh, so we're in St. Cloud coaching this. So I'm counseling. Mark's there coaching. Ols wasn't there yet. But anyways, they. So each team, I don't know how how many teams are there, Mark. Do you know eight. exactly? So there's eight teams of the best 102 Minnesota players that are under the age of 15, right? Or yep. or 15. Yep. Um, and to to coach these teams, they bring in all the the top Minnesota coaches, and then to bring these teams around, you know, you stay in. It's called counselors, and it's usually college hockey players who are the counselors. So. 
I was I was a counselor for one of these teams, and my team actually happened to be in the championship game, and we were having a great week. Um, but it's tradition on the last day; it always ends on a th- the the championship games on a Thursday, and the last day um, with the staff that's there, all the coaches and the counselors. Um, they all go out and have drinks on Wednesday because it's the last night all of us are together. So we go. All of us, all coaches, all counselors on Wednesday night, my team's playing in the championship game at 8 a.m. the next morning. No, that's uh, championship game is always the last game yeah. of the day. <laughs> no, so, not in this case. No, yeah. I, yeah, it was. Yes, I, yeah. I've heard this story. Yeah, the. Uh, well, my, my, my memory's a little flat. <laughs> but again, it's still, before, it's still before noon. Yeah, yeah. Because it's an 8 a.m. game, and then they go another game in the other ring. <laughs> no, it's getting worse. The back, story's so, getting worse. Yeah. So Continue. Okay, okay, it was so, uh, the late game. Anyways, my okay. anyway. It was a late game. Now Mark called me out, but okay. Um, so, anyways, we go to this. We go to this spot. Everyone goes to this. I can't remember the. I can't remember the name of the bar, but it's it's a uh, on Wednesdays they host beer pong. So you play beer pong against people. Oh, and uh, they give out like three dollar and fifty cent uh, pit. You call it pitchers. So like. <laughs> I think in my picture I had a Captain Coke, and it's just a picture of Captain <laughs> oh, Coke for three dollars and fifty cents oh. or something. <laughs> okay, again, I back up here real quick. Yeah. So, generally, what happens is the counselors and the coaches all go to like a Green Mill, yes. or something. They have we have some we order a bunch of food. The coaches, you know, they pay for it all and they have drinks, and then the younger crew Takes goes off. off. Yes, yeah. and yeah. needless to say, I wasn't there. Like it's <laughs> the counselors, and then. Yeah, we get some of the younger coaches, yeah, yeah. and and they like to still partake. Yeah. Um, so you know, just I don't know my wife. I was not there. Yeah. So just for the record, <laughs> I was home after that after Fair. the senior call. Yeah. So yeah. Fair. So anyways, yeah, we're at this we're at this place, and and um, I forget who my partner was. We lose out of the beer pong tournament. We're still there, and it actually it, it it's like a it's like one fifteen a.m. in the morning, and a couple of the Couple of the St. Cloud players were there who I knew. They weren't counseling; they were just there playing beer pong with people. And um, so Jimmy Murray and Josie Ray Camp are there, and so I lose out and I start talking to them. And like, oh yeah, let's go to uh, you know RCs or some 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 bar that they're like, yeah, this is the place to go to at, at bar close. And um, so we go to this bar, and I'm already obviously drinking a pitcher of Captain Coke after this whole night. And uh, they're like, "Yeah, we'll take three Harry Buffaloes." And at this at this bar, Harry Buffalo is like a huge cocktail, like a like a yard tall, <laughs> and apparently it's got like eight shots in there, or six shots in there, something ridiculous. So. They order us Harry Buffaloes, and I'm with these St. Cloud guys, and I'm like, well, I mean, they know what they're doing. They're St. Cloud. This is their home. I mean, whatever. So we drink these Harry Buffaloes, and after that, it's lights out. I mean, I don't I don't know what happened. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Um, but anyways, I wake up in my dorm room the next day at about 1230 in the afternoon, <laughs> and I have maybe 97 missed calls on my phone, and I look at it, and I'm like... Oh my God, I miss the championship game. And I see my text. I've got some of the players on my team text me like, where the hell are you? Like, what the hell? And I'm just like, 
you know, like I'm still kind of in that bonus land, like still hung over, like don't know what to think. My, my brain's crossed. Like I'm just like, I don't even know what to do. I call Don Krause. I'm like, Hey, I'm really sorry. I don't know what happened. And he's like, really cool about it. You know, he's like, no, you know, this thing, this sort of thing happens on the last day. You tried to take on St. Cloud and as always, <laughs> she chewed you up and spit you out. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, she definitely chewed me up and spit me out. Missed the whole damn thing. And uh, I end up going to the rink after and there's just like a beer league team practicing. Everyone's gone. And funny enough, the, the two St. Cloud guys, Jimmy Murray and, and Joe Ray Camp were there. So I talked to them. I'm like, you guys... Uh, I should fight you guys right now. I mean, this is all your fault. I, yeah. I don't know why you had me go drink a Harry Buffalo at one fifteen a.m. So you just collected your check and took off. <laughs> I just yeah. just mail it. Just ended yeah. up That's what nobody I was there. Done. Hey, Donnie, I can't make it in. Mail it up to. And Grand it felt like Forest. I was. I'm it gone. felt like I was driving back. I was driving back to Forks, and it felt like I was driving back from Wee Fest. <laughs> oh, you know, oh like yeah. Just three days of drinking <laughs> yeah. and going to country concerts. Like I was trying to keep my eyes open, drinking caffeine, like doing whatever I could and I just oh man and then fortunate fortunately enough for me I was invited back the next year by Don and I was like yes I gotta redeem myself so the next year I actually made all the games didn't miss anything and kind of Kind of redid it, redeemed yeah, myself yeah. a little bit. But, but that uh, was long year. I was worried sick. Yeah. I hadn't seen you. I was like, oh, man. You're still waiting on that text, aren't you? I was still waiting on it. Yeah. yeah. I said, his milk, I put his face on a milk cart. And like, if you've seen this guy, let me know. Yeah. So I just, I was really glad to see you tonight. And glad oh, it was so not well. a good look for North Dakota at the time. I was the only North Dakota guy. And everyone's like, oh, of course the North Dakota guy. Yeah. And this is, I'm like, come on. Come on. Whatever. You might have been the last North Dakota. No. No, Polgo was. Oh, we got Polgo. Yeah, yeah. We had. This year, Driscoll was there, and oh, Gavin really? Hain yeah. was there. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got all kinds Hainer of Hainer was on my team the second year, yeah. Yeah. And I had mismatched the first year. Really? And I remember Mismash committed North Dakota that year after he, told, he texted okay. me. He's like, hey, I'm committed to North Dakota. Oh, I, I got to go. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, yeah. Wicker. We appreciate you coming yeah. on. Seriously. Thanks, Thank you guys. for sharing your story. Um, you know. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Great episode. Great time hanging out with you guys again.